الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله تعالى today we're going to start the explanation of the kitab المتن الواسطية this book, it's in the science of aqidah, what a person needs to believe. Written by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah And this book, the reason why the author wrote it was a request was put to him by a qadi min qudati wasit. A judge from the judges of wasit, he requested from Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah to write the aqid of Ahl Sunnah. And the Qadi's name is Al Qadi Radiyuddin Al Wasiti, Rahimahullah. And Al Qadi Radiyuddin Al Wasiti, he was from Min Ahlil Khayri Waddin, a man of religion and a man of piety, as Shaykh Al Islam ibn Taymiyyah described him to be. So this kitab, inshaAllah ta'ala, it talks about what a person needs to believe. And the masail that this book is going to talk about, the masail, the issues that it's going to tackle, are five issues, inshallah ta'ala. It revolves around these five issues. The first of these five issues that this book, inshallah ta'ala, is going to uh, deal with is Allah's names and attributes. Masailul asma'i wa sifat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names and attributes and what is the correct way regarding Allah's names and attributes he will speak about that inshallah ta'ala the second issue that this book will speak about is masail sahaba the companions of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam what is it that is required from us to believe to believe regarding them what did we what should we believe regarding the companions what should our belief be regarding them? The third, inshallah ta'ala, is Masailul Asma'i wal Ahkam Names and Rulings. Al Asma'i wal Ahkam Names and Rulings. What, do you, what does he mean by names and rulings? What is the position that we should take regarding the, the name Al Iman and Al Kufr? What should be the correct position taking it? And our, what should our, our, our correct position be? Because these terms are used lightly. And as soon as they have a middle path when it comes to these issues, these terms. Al-Fasiq, Al-Zalim, Al-Mubtadi'ah. All these are istilahat shari'ah. The shari'ah terms, how should we use them? The fourth one is Masail al Qadai wal Qadar. Qadai wal Qadar. The issues regarding the predestiny. What has been predestined for us and decreed for us? What is the correct way? What should we believe regarding the Qada and the Qadar? That which has pre been predestined for us. And last but not least, Al Wa'd wal Wa'id. Warnings and promises that are found in the Quran and the Sunnah. The promises 
and the warnings that are found in the Quran and the Sunnah, what should be our position regarding it? These five, these five that I just mentioned, they are the usul of Ahlul Sunnah. These are fundamental issues of religion. These are the issues where the firaq, the groups, went against Ahlul Sunnah on. So if you look at the issue of Al-Asma'i-Wa-Sifat, uh, Ahlul Sunnah and the Jahmiya and the Ashairah, all of them went against each other. The issue of the Sahabas, Ahlul Sunnah and the Rafidah and the, the Nasib, they all went against each other here. If you look at the issue of Al-Asma'i Wal-Ahkam, the Khawarij and all the other groups that went against Al-Sunnah in here, making takfir of people who are believers. If you go to the issue of Al-Qadai Wal-Qadr, you, you find the Qadariya who didn't affirm for Allah that He's the one who created the actions of the creation and that whatever is happening in this world is happening with Allah's knowledge. They also went against Al-Sunnah. So you understand it here. And the fifth one is Al-Wa'd Wal-Wa'id. And Al-Wa'd Wal-Wa'id are these promises, these warnings that Allah has made, are they going to be fulfilled? Or if Allah wishes, He can, up, he can withhold a warning that He has given, which is Qadiyah to Infadil Wa'id, which we'll speak about inshallah ta'ala. The Mu'tazila went against Ahlul Sunnah on this issue. So Tawa'if and groups went against Ahlul Sunnah. And so the scholars, they wrote books on these five. And this textbook, inshallah ta'ala, al aqidatul Wasatiyah, it's one of those books, inshallah ta'ala, that's going to deal with this. Bi-idhnillahi al-kareem. Naam. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Qala shaykhul islam rahimahullah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, alladhi arsala rasulahu bilhuda wa deen al-haqq, liyudhirahu ala al-deeni kullihi wa kafa billahi shaheeda. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu iqraram dihi wa tawheeda wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam tasliman mazida Aitiqad al-firqat al-najiyat al-mansurati ila qiyam al-sa'ati ahli sunnati wal-jama'ati al-imanu billahi wa malaikati wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal-ba'ati ba'da al-mawt wal-imanu bil-qadri khayrihi wa sharrih The author rahimahullah He started his risala His book with the best manner So he said Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and then he wrote after that, the Hamdala. And so the author said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Ladi Arsala Rasulahu Bil Huda Wadin in Haqqi Yudhirahu Aladin. And then the author, Rahimullah, he mentioned the Shahadatain. Shadu Allah ilaha illallah wa shadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And then after that, Thumma Salla wa Sallama ala Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi wa Sallama wa alihi wa sahbihi he sent salutation and peace upon the Prophet and his family and his followers. After that, he said, The belief of the saved group, who victory is given to, they're going to be given victory until the hour strikes. Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. They are Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Then the author, Rahimahullah, he gave us three names from the names of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Write this down. 
He mentions they, they are the Al-Firqatin Najiyah. Firqatin Najiyah means what? They are the saved group. They are what? The saved group. And the author, Rahimullah, where did he get that from? That there is a, where did he get this idea that there is a group that's going to be saved? He got it from the famous hadith of the Prophet, which Abi Dawood and Ibn Ma generated, that the Messenger, وسلم, he said, if Tarakatil Yahud, the Jews became groups. The Jews became 71 groups. If Tarakatil Nasara, the Christians then broke into groups. And they became seventy-two. You see, وستفترق هذه الأمة and this أمة is going to be divided على ثلاث وسبعين فرقة seventy-three groups. This أمة is going to be divided into seventy-three groups. So the messenger referred to it as what? Seventy-three فرقة فرقة. He called it. وَسَتَفْتَرِقُ أُمَّتِي عَلَى ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ So all of those groups are firqa, they're a firqa, they're a group. And then the Prophet said, كُلُّهَا فِي النَّارِ All of those groups are in the hellfire, إِلَّا وَاحِدًا Only one group is saved, إِلَّا وَاحِدَةً Only one group is saved. Then there's a firqa nadia, a saved group. So they're called firqa, because the Prophet referred to them as a firqa, and they are saved because he said, إِلَّا وَاحِدَةً Except one group, some people they try to weaken this hadith and we say to them فَلَا عِبْرَةَ لِمَنْ ضَعَفَهُ فَإِنَّ الْحَدِيثَ فَإِنَّ الْحَدِيثَ بَلَغَ حَدَّ التَّوَاتُرِ We don't give consideration to the one who tries to weaken uh, this hadith because it's reached multitude duration. It's large in number. It became very large in quantity. Um, also the author Allah, mentioned another name for them which is he said they are called Al-Mansura who are victorious ha. so they are Firqa Najiya and they are also Ta'ifatul Mansura they are also a Firqa and Ta'ifa are roughly the same meaning they are a victorious group ha. where did he get that from as well to give us this title but to give the saved group this title may Allah make us from them oh Allah make us from them where did he get that from he got it from the hadith of the Prophet where he said لا تزال طائفة من أمة ظاهرين على الحق لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله وهم على ذلك أمرهم كذلك The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said Bukhari and Muslim both narrated this hadith من من حديث المغيرة بن شعبة رضي الله تعالى عنه and also من حديث ثوبان رضي الله تعالى عنه so two companions narrated it المغيرة بن شعبة and الثوبان that the Prophet said that there's going to be a group who are going to be victorious and they're going to be victorious upon the truth. Okay? The Prophet said, لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم The one who opposes them or the one that tries to humiliate them and deceive them will not be able to harm them. He won't be able to. حتى يأتي أمر الله until the hour comes وهم كذلك and they are like that. So the people are three in that hadith. The people are three. The first group is Al-Ta'ifatul Mansura, a saved group. The second group are called the Mukhadila. The Mukhadila are the ones who say to them, we're with you guys. We are part of you guys. And then they pull out on them. 
and they deceive them and they break their backs even then they will, even they will not be able to harm them and the third one is the mukhalifa the mukhalifa is the one who is opposing them is clear he's like i'm not with you guys are we all together brothers and then the groups are three they are ta'ifatul mansura the saved group the mukhaddila those who try to pretend to be like them try to talk like them try to act like them try to claim the belief of what they believe okay they'll do that to them but then they pull out on them at the times when the the haq needs victory and they try to expose them to people and the third group that the prophet told us here is those who oppose them those who are those who oppose them and i don't want you brothers to take these ahadiths and think that they're talking about you that you're the saved group coming with that mindset that this is you you're the saved group you don't know that you work every day hard and you strengthen your own belief you see you beg allah ta'ala to make for you from this group you read about their characteristics and their attributes and what they believed and you're in that consistent battle every day hoping to be from them okay hoping to be what hoping to be from the saved group and imam muhammad was asked who are this great saved group and imam muhammad was asked who is the saved group saved group who are they? And Imam Muhammad, when he was asked, Who is the saved group? And Imam Muhammad said, If it's not the people of hadith, I don't know who it is. If it's not the people of hadith, I don't know who it is. Who else can it be? And what he means by the people of hadith is, Those who hold on to the hadith. And the reason why they were given the, 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 the name Ahlul Hadith is because a lot of group claimed to hold on to the Quran, but the Sunnah is where the people became Mafraq Turq. It divided the people. Not everybody was able to follow the Sunnah or the, to follow the Hadith. So they're called the Al Firqatul Najiyah and Al Ta'ifatul Mansura. And from the statement of Imam Muhammad, he gave them another title, which is Ahlul Hadith, the people of Hadith. The religion, brothers, and the Sharia, when it talks to us and it wants us to submit and surrender, it is in two ways that the Sharia wants us to surrender. It is in two ways Allah wants us to surrender. Okay, write this down. When the Sharia is talking to us and it's speaking to us, it and it's telling us to do things, and it's telling us to stay away from things. It's telling us to come with things, and it's also telling us to abstain from things which are either either external or internal okay are we all together so the sharia is commanding us to do particular things or to stay away from particular things which are external that's the first one and the external things brothers is what we study in fiqh halal and haram don't do this do this are we all together pray like this don't pray like this fast like this don't fast like this that's the external things that we need to come with. And the subject of fiqh talks about that. And also the sharia, when it talks to us to do things and stay away from some things, it's sometimes talking to us internally, internally. And this is where aqidah comes into place. Where it's telling you, believe in this. Okay? And don't believe in this. Come with this in your belief and stay away from this in your belief. So it's umur which are umur which are zahir and umur which are batin issues which are zahir and issues which are batin hidden 
And here, inshallah ta'ala, we are going to what? We're going to be taking things which are batin. Like in Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymi, rahimahullah ta'ala, at the ending of the book, as much many books of aqidah do, once your aqidah becomes correct and upright, what does it do? It then pushes towards your limbs and your body parts. You start working hard from that perspective. We all together. Your salah becomes better. Your fasting becomes better. Your zakat becomes better. Your akhlaq becomes better. Your manners of dealing with people becomes better because of your aqidah. And the weaker your aqidah becomes, the weaker your actions become. So that's why at the ending of the book, the author Rahimullah is going to talk about the issues of manners and some righteous actions that one needs to do. This book, as you can see, the author Rahimullah Ta'ala, he speaks about Ahlul Sunnah. Their aqidah is good when it comes to the six articles of faith. And tu'mina billahi wa malaikati wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wa liyawmi al-akhir wa tu'mina bilqadri khayri wa sharri. Those six things, which are arkanul iman, a sitta, Ahlul Sunnah, the only ones who've come with it, the way it deserves to be come with. And we're going to see that, inshallah, Ta'ala. ومن الإيمان بالله الإيمان بما وصف به نفسه في كتابه وبما وصفه به رسوله صلى الله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير تحريف ولا تعطيل ومن غير تكييف ولا تمثيل بل يؤمنون بأن الله سبحانه وتعالى ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير أهل السنة والجماعة as the author رحمه الله mentioned by the way, he's now starting with the first of the five that we mentioned, right? From the five that we just mentioned, the author now is going to the first one, which is Al-Asma'i um, Sifat, Allah's names and attributes. How should Ahl-Sunnah be when it comes to Allah's names and what? Attributes. Ahl-Sunnah, when it comes to Allah's names and attributes, write this down, brothers. It stands on two strong foundations for them. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, when it comes to Allah's names and attributes, it stands on two strong foundations for them. They're built, their belief of Allah's names and attributes is built on two, two strong foundations. The first one is negation. They negate. Okay? What do they do? They negate. Their negation, their negation is based upon what Allah negated from Himself and that which the Prophet negated from Allah. So they take their negation from Allah and the Prophet. And the evidence for that is there's nothing like Allah, as the author brought the ayah. The second thing that their, iman, their belief of Al Iman. Uh, in the name of the names and the attributes of Allah, the second pillar it stands on for them is um, affirmation. Affirmation. Okay? And affirmation, they affirm. And their affirmation is taken from Allah and His Messenger. Where do they take it from? Allah and His Messenger. They don't affirm for Allah that which he hasn't affirmed for himself. And they do not affirm for Allah that which the Prophet didn't affirm for him. Are we all together? 
So they take their negation from Allah and His Messenger and they also take their affirmation from Allah and His Messenger. Are we all together, brothers? Now look at the text of the Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala. There are two things that can harm your negation. There are two things that corrupt your negation. What are they? Tahrif. The author mentioned it. A word called a tahrif. A tahrif. What does a tahrif mean? I'll mention it. Just give me a couple of minutes. The second thing that can harm your negation is a ta'atil. What does ta'atil mean? Give me a couple of minutes. I'll mention it for you. Then your negation, two things harm it. Tahrif and ta'atil. That's what you need to stay away from in your negation. Are we all together, brothers? And as for your affirmation, there are two things that can harm your affirmation as well. The ithbat that you're coming with, there are two things that can harm it. Your affirmation. And the two things that can harm it is at-takif and at-tamthil. There are two things that can harm your affirmation of Allah's names and attributes is at-takif. At-takif. And the second one is at-tamthil. And I just got all of that from the text. At-tamthil. So if your negation if your if your sorry, if your negation is safe from at-tahrif and at-ta'til, that's a good negation. And if your affirmation is safe from at-takif and at-tamthil, is also what? It's good. What does at-tahrif mean? What does at-tahrif mean? At-tahrif is the two that you should stay away from when negating, one of the two. At-tahrif means changing the wording. It's changing the wording. And an example for that is Musa taklima. When it's meant to be Or Instead of You're changing the wording Are we all together brothers? This is called tahrif You're distorting it Distortion The ta'til means what? Ta'til means you don't change it but you reject the meaning that is in it. You reject the what? You reject the meaning that is in it. That's called what? That's called a ta'til. Are we all together? A ta'til means inkaru ma yajibu lillahi min al-asma'i wa-sifat. It is to reject the name and the attribute. Okay? What about the affirmation, the ithbat? There are two things I said that can harm the affirmation, right? They were what? A takif, right? And a tamthil. A takif means to make a how for Allah's characteristics and attributes. You give it a how. Okay, you say it's like this Allah characteristics looks like. 
Okay? You're giving it a kunh. A kunh means a how. A tamthil means resemblance. There's a difference between the two. The one who is doing takif is not resembling it to the creation necessarily. Like in the tamthil, the mumathil, he's saying Allah's characteristics is similar, similar to Fulan's characteristics. Fulan and Allah are similar. That's the second thing that can harm your affirmation. Are we all together, brothers? One qa'idah you can memorize it with Taharif leads to ta'atil and a takif leads to tamthil. Taharif will lead to ta'atil and a takif will lead to tamthil. فلا ينفون عنه ما ما وصف به نفسه ولا يحرفون الكلمة عن مواضعه ولا يلحدون في أسماء الله تعالى وآياته ولا يكيفون ولا يمثلون صفاته بصفات خلقه لأنه سبحانه وتعالى لا سمي له ولا كفء له ولا ند له ولا يقاس بخلقه سبحانه وتعالى فإنه سبحانه أعلم بنفسه وبغيره وأصدق قيلا وأحسن حديثا من خلقه ثم رسله صادقون وصدقون بخلاف الذين يقولون عليه ما لا يعلمون ولهذا قال سبحانه وتعالى سبحان ربك رب العزة عمنا يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين فسبح نفسه عمنا وصفه به المخالفون للرسل وسلم على المرسلين لسلامة على ما قالوه من النقص والعيب وهو سبحانه قد جمع فيما وصف وسمى به نفسه بين النفي والإثبات فلا عدول لأهل السنة والجماعة عما جاءت به المرسلون فإنه الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعم الله عليهم من النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين The author رحمه الله He now goes into five قاعدة he gave you five principles write these five principles Ibn Taymiyyah gave you Can I have someone's is there an extra copy of the book? Yeah? Can I just get one copy for them from the English? Ibn Taymiyyah gave you five principles, inshaAllah ta'ala. Write these five principles. First principle of Ahlul Sunnah in Allah's names and attributes are five principles. The first one of those is they do not nullify what he was described with. That's number one. It's in your English text, okay, if you want to copy it but I prefer you to write it separately in your notes. They do not nullify what he was described with. In the Arabic language is, فَلَا يَنْفَوْنَ عَنْهُ مَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ This is the first one. They do not nullify what he was described with. That's the first principle of Ahlul when it comes to Allah's names. Number two, وَلَا يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَنْ مَوَاضِعِهِ they do not distort the word from their proper places. Second thing is, they do not distort the words from their proper places.
they do not distort the words from their proper places. That's the, same, that's the second qa'idah in the sunnah that the author mentioned. The third is, They do not blaspheme against the names of Allah and his verses. They do not blaspheme against the names of Allah and his verses. And the word al-ilhad means al-maylu biha amma yajibu fiha. Okay, pay attention to this. This is very important. The word ilhad that the author used, wala yulhiduna fi asma'illahi ta'ala wa ayatihi, the word ilhadu means al-maylu, to deviate. They don't deviate from it in their hearts. Amma yajibu fiha, that which is obligatory regarding this, they don't deviate from it in any way, shape, or form. That's what Allah said in the ayah, walillahi al-asma'ul husna. The fourth qa'ida that the author rahimahullah mentioned is They do not ascribe a modality to him. Ahlul sunnati wal jama'ah they do not ascribe a modality to him. Meaning they don't give it a kun, a how. As I said, the modality means here, a how. And the fifth is, Ahlussun, so the, the, the fourth was what? La yukayifuna sifati bi sifati khalqihi. They do not ascribe a modality to him. The fifth is, Wala yumathiluna they do not compare his attributes to those of his creation. Why are Ahlul Sunnah like that in those four principles? Why do they believe in that five qaida? Why? Where did they get that from? The Shaykh mentioned it to you because of two reasons. Ibn Taymiyyah is saying these five qaida, Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah are holding on to it for two reasons. The first one is, and Allah Ta'ala la la samiya lahu wa la kufu wa lahu wa la nidda lahu wa la yuqasu bi khalqi subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason for that is because he has no likeness, Allah Azza wa Jalla, no comparison and no partner, nor is he measurable in an analogy with his creation. Glory be to him, the exalted. The reason why Ahlul Sunnah believe those five is because they don't have anything like Allah Azza wa Jalla that they see. Nor is there anything that they can compare him to. Nor has Allah have, does Allah have a partner which makes him similar to the creation. Allah doesn't have that. Nor is he measurable in analogy. 
Allah is not something that can be measured by thinking of him and it, it, it can't come with all of that this is num number one why Ahlul Sunnah believe those five qaida and the second one is the second one is His messengers are truthful and affirm the truth. His messengers, the prophets that have come, are truthful and affirm the truth. Meaning, these five principles are taken from the messengers and the prophets. They are truthful in what they affirm. Are we all together? And so the path of the prophets are what? The author brought the ayah, Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifoon, Wa Salamun Ish, Wa Salamun Ala Al Mursaleen, Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifoon. To affirm these five principles is in this, five, uh, in this ayah. And then after that, Allah mentioned who? Allah mentioned subhanahu wa ta'ala that the messengers are the ones who are truthful. Uh, sorry, before I move on, I, I need to mention it. Allah's names are two types and his characteristics are two types. Allah's names are two types and Allah ta'ala's characteristics are also two types. Again, when we look at Allah's names, when we look at Allah's uh, characteristics, we're looking at it from different perspectives. So in another perspective, it might be different types. The names of Allah are two types. Two types. The first one is Al-Asma' Al-Nafiyah. Al-Asma' Al-Nafiyah are names which negate. Are we all together? The name itself is a negator. This name negates something. So Allah has names that negate. And the second one is Al-Asma' Al-Muthbita Names that are firm Are we all together brothers? An example for the first name Is As-Salam and Al-Quddus As-Salam and Al-Quddus Both of them are negating from Allah deficiency Any deficiency That Allah Ta'ala Is not deficient in any way shape or form that's what As-Salam negates and Al-Quddus negates. There are Asma' which are Muthbita. They are affirming the opposite for Allah Ta'ala. And they are Allah and Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. They are affirming something for Him. Are we all together brothers? And the reason why this is important brothers is because negation is not praiseworthy alone. Negation is not praiseworthy alone. For example, if I say to you that this wall, it doesn't oppress. Is that true? That's sahih. Did I negate something from the wall? Huh? Did I negate something from the wall? Yeah. Oppression. Is it a praiseworthy thing? The reason why it can't oppress is because it's weak. Are we all together? It only becomes a praise when I say the opposite, which is this wall does not oppress, it is 
fair or is just. Are we all together, brothers? Affirmation by itself does not bring the, doesn't bring about praise. The tariqah of the innovators when it comes to Allah's names and attributes is that they stick with the negation and they abandon the affirmation. How is that making sense, brothers? The praise comes about when you give Allah affirmation with negation, both of them. And if you look at the Quran, you tend to find there are more affirmation for Allah than there is negation. When you look at the Quran and the Sunnah, the affirmation is detailed and the negation is not. Does that make sense? Like for example, in the Quran, do you see Allah saying, I'm not sure, I'm not tall, I'm not this, I'm not that. All of that Allah negating. Is that what he said? Or did Allah say, There's nothing like him. Meaning he gave a general negation. But when it came to affirmation, Allah said, I am Ar-Rahman, and I'm also Ar-Rahim, and I'm Malik, I'm Al-Quddus, I'm Al-Salam, and I'm Al-Mu'min, Al-Muhaymin, Al-Aziz, Al-Jabbar. The affirmation is detailed. And the negation is what? Are we all together, brothers? This is a very poor qaida. Okay? The characteristics of Allah now we're going to go to. Allah's characteristics are how many types? Two types. The names are two types and the characteristics are two types. Allah's asma are two. And now we're going to go to Allah's sifat. The sifat of Allah is two types. Same. Al-sifat al-manfiyya and al-sifat al-muthbita. Characteristics which are negating. It's negated from Allah. For instance, an-nawm. Allah negated it from himself. لا تأخذه سنة ولا ولا نوم. It's negated. This characteristic of sleeping is negated from Allah. Also, oppression. Allah is not one who oppresses his slaves. Allah negates it from himself, oppressing. So these are called as-sifat al-manfiyya. Negated characteristics. Allah doesn't have these ones. Are we all together? Brothers, I've said to you before, the characteristics Allah negated from himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will negate it from him as he negated from himself. Are we all together, brothers? This is very important. If Allah didn't detail a negation from himself, we will just use the general negation. We can't say Allah doesn't sleep. We can't, we can't say, sorry, Allah doesn't sleep because he said that. We can't say Allah is not oppressive because he said that. Are we all together, brothers? But to say Allah Ta'ala is not this complexion, this is, you don't, don't, who told you to go that path? Are we all together, brothers? No one sent you that road. Just use the general negation, which is Laysa Kamitrihi. Shay, there's nothing like him. Hal ta'alamulahu samiyan. Stick to that. Are we all together, brothers? What about the characteristics which are affirmed for Allah Ta'ala? Ahl Sunnah affirmed for Allah. It's like the characteristics of Ar Rahmah. We affirm that for Allah Ta'ala. Al Adl, justice. All of these are characteristics of Allah that we affirm for.
What is the difference, brothers? Um, what is the difference between the names which are negated and the characteristics which are negated? And the names which are affirmed and the characteristics which are, which are affirmed? What's the difference between the two? Um, let's be specific. To, let's be specific. Um, oh, by the way, okay, uh, that question is for you guys. I won't be specific. The names that are negated from Allah and the characteristics that are negated from Allah and the names which are affirmed for Allah and the characteristics which are affirmed for Allah, uh, what, are these, what are the difference between the two? Does that make, do you get, do you get it? Is the question clear? Hard. Homework, inshallah. I want that tomorrow. Tomorrow. I need that, inshallah. Naam. وقد دخل في هذه الجملة ما وصف به نفسه في سورة الإخلاص التي تعدل ثلث القرآن حيث يقول قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وما وصف به نفسه في أعظم آية في كتابه حيث يقول الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤوده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم أي لا يكرسه ولا يثقله ولهذا كان من قرأ هذه الآية في ليلة لم يزل عليه من الله حافظ ولا يقربه الشيطان حتى يصبح وقوله سبحانه وتوكل على الحي الذي لا يموت وقوله سبحانه هو الأول والآخر والظاهر والباطن وهو بكل شيء عليم وقوله سبحانه وهو العليم الحكيم العليم الخبير يعلم ما يلج في الأرض وما يخرج منها وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وعنده مفاتح الغيب لا يعلمها إلا هو ويعلم ما في البر والبحر وما تسقط من ورقة لا يعلمها ولا حبة في ظلمات الأرض ولا رطب ولا يابس إلا في كتاب مبين وما تحمل من أنثى ولا تضع إلا بعلمه وقوله لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد حاط بكل شيء علما وقوله إن الله هو الرزاق ذو القوة المتين وقوله ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع الوصير إن الله نعم ما يعظكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا وقوله ولولا إذ دخلت جنتك قلت ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله وقوله ولو شاء الله مقتد الذين من بعدي من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات ولكن اختلفوا فمنهم من آمن منهم من كفر ولو شاء الله ما اقتتل ولكن الله يفعل ما يريد وقوله فمن يريد الله أن يهديه يشرح صدره للإسلام ومن يريد أن يضله يجعل صدره ضيقا حرجا كأنما يصعد في السماء وقوله حلت لكم بهيمة الأنعام إلا ما يتلى عليكم غير محل الصيد وأنتم حرم إن الله يحكم ما يريد وقوله أحسنوا إن الله يحب المحسنين وأقصدوا إن الله يحب المقصدين فما استقاموا لكم فاستقيموا لهم إن الله يحب المتقين إن الله يحب التوقين ويحب المتطهرين فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه إن الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله صفا كأنهم بنيان مرسوس وقال تعالى قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقوله تعالى رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنهم وقوله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ربنا وسعد كل شيء رحمة وعلما وكان بالمؤمنين رحيما وقال كتب ربكم على نفسه الرحمة وهو الغفور الرحيم فالله خير حافظ وهو أرحم الراحمين 
وقوله ومن يقتل المؤمن متعمدا فجزاؤه جهنم خالدا فيها وغضب الله عليه ولعنه وقوله ذلك بأنهم اتبعوا ما أسخط الله وكرهوا رضوانه فأحبط أعمالهم وقوله فلما آسفونا تقمنا منهم فأغرقناهم وقوله ولكن كره الله بعاثا فثبطهم وقولهم كبر مقتا عند الله أن تقولوا ما لا تفعلون وقوله هل ينظرون إلا يأتيهم الله في ظلل من الغمام والملائكة وقضي الأمر هل ينظرون إلا أن تأتيهم الملائكة ويأتي ربك ويأتي بعض آيات ربك يوم يأتي بعض آيات ربك لا ينفع نفسا إيمانها وكلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا وجاء ربك والملك صفا صفا ويوم تشقق السماء بالغمام وانزل الملائكة تنزيلا وقوله يبقى وجه ربك ذو الجلال والإكرام وقوله كل شيء هالك إلا وجهه وقوله ما منعك أن تسجد لما خلقت بيدي وقالت اليهود يد الله مغلولة مغلت أيديهم والعين بما قالوا بل يداه مبسوطتان ينفق كيف يشاء وقوله واصبر لحكم ربك فإنك بأعيننا وحملناه على ذات الواح ودسر تجري بعيننا جزاء لمن كان كفر وألقيت عليك محبة مني ولتصنع على عيني وقوله قد سمع الله قول التي تجادلك في زوجها وتشتكي إلى الله والله يسمع تحاوركما وقوله لقد سمع الله قول الذين قالوا إن الله فقير ونحن أغنياء إنني معكم أسمع وأرى وقوله من يحسبون أن لا نسمع سرهم ونجواهم بلى ورسلنا لديهم يكتبون وقوله ألم يعلم أن الله يرى وقوله الذي يراك حين تقوم وتقلبك في الساجدين وقوله وكل اعملوا فسير الله عملكم ورسوله والمؤمنون وقوله وهو شديد المحال وقوله ومكر الله والله خير الماكرين وقوله إنهم يكيدون كيدا وأكيد كيدا وقوله ومكروا مكرا ومكرنا مكرا وهم لا يشعرون وقوله إن تبدوا خيرا أو تفوا أو تعفوا عن سوء فإن الله كان عفوا قديرا وقوله وليعفوا وليصفح ولا تحبون يغفر الله لكم والله غفور رحيم وقوله ولله العزة ولرسوله وقوله فبعزتك لأغوينهم أجمعين وقولهم لتبارك اسم ربك ذي الجلال والإكرم وقوله فاعبده واستبر لعبادته هل تعلم له سميا ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وقوله فلا تجعلوا لله أندادا وأنتم تعلمون ومن الناس من يتخذ من دون الله أندادا يحبونهم كحب الله وقل الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل فكبره تكبيرا يسبح لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض الملك له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير وقوله تبارك الذي نزل الفرقان على عبده ليكون للعالمين نذيرا الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض ولم يتخذ ولم يكن له شريك في الملك وخلق كل شيء فقدره تقديرا وقولهم اتخذ الله من ولد وما كان معه من إله إذا لذهب كل إله بما خلق ولا على بعض على بعض سبحان الله عما يصفون عالم الغيب والشهادة فتعالى عما يشركون وقوله فلا تضربوا لله الأمثال إن الله يعلم وأنتم لا تعلمون وقوله قل إن محرم ربي الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن والإثم والبغي بغير الحق وأن تشركوا بالله ما لم ينزل به سلطانا وأن تقولوا على الله ما لا تعلمون وقوله الرحمن الرحمن على العرش استوى ثم استوى على العرش في ستة مواضع وقوله يا عيسى إني متوفيك ورافعك إلي بل رفعه الله إليه وقوله إليه يصعد الكلم الطيب والعمل الصالح يرفعه وقوله يا هامان ابني لي صرحا لعلي أبلغ الأسباب أسباب السماوات فأطلع إلى إله موسى وإني لا أظنه كاذبا وقوله أم أأمنتم من في السماء يخسف بكم الأرض فإذا هي تمور أأمنتم من في السماء يرسل عليكم حاصبا فستعلمون كيف نذير 
الكبير وقوله هو الذي خلق السماوات والأرض في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش يعلم ما يلج في الأرض وما يخرج منها وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وهو معكم أينما كنتم والله بما تعملون بصير وقوله ما يكون من نجوى ثلاثة إلا هو رابع ولا خمسة إلا هو سادس ولا أدنى من ذلك ولا أكثر إلا هو معهم أينما كانوا ثم ينبههم ما عملوا يوم القيامة إن الله بكل شيء عليم وقوله لا تحزن إن الله معنا وقوله إنني معكم أسمع وأرى وقوله إن الله مع الذين اتقوا والذين هم محسنون واصبروا ان الله مع الصابرين وقوله كم من فئه قليله غلبت فئه كثيره باذن الله والله مع الصابرين وقوله ومن اصدق من الله حديثا ومن اصدق من الله قيل وقوله واذ قال الله يا عيسى ابن مريم وقوله وتمت كلمه ربك صدقا وعدلا وقوله وكلم الله موسى تكليما وقوله منهم من كلم الله ورفع بعضهم درجات ولما جاء موسى لميقاتنا وكلمه ربه ونادينا من جانب الطور الايمن وقربناه نجيا وقوله واذ نادى ربك يا موسى نئت القوم الظالمين وقوله ناداهما ربهما لم هنهكما عن تلكما الشجره وكل لكما ان الشيطان لكما عدو مبين وقوله تعالى يوم ويوم يناديهم فيقول اين شركائي الذين كنتم تزعمون وقوله تعالى ويوم يناديهم فيقول ماذا اجبتم المرسلين وقوله وان احد من المشركين استجارك فاجره حتى يسمع كلام الله وقد كان وقد كان فريق منهم يسمعون كلام الله ثم يحرفونه من بعد ما عقلوه وقوله تعالى يريدون ان يبدلوا كلام الله كل ما تتبعون وقوله واتلوا ما اوحي اليك من كتاب ربك لا مبدل لكلماته وقول وقوله ان هذا القران يقص على بني اسرائيل اكثر الذي هم فيه يختلفون وقوله وهذا كتاب انزلناه مبارك وقوله لو انزلنا هذا القران على جبل رايته خاشعا متصدعا من خشيه الله واذا بدلنا ايه من كان ايه ما كان آيَتِي والله علم ما ينزل قالوا إنما أنت مفتاح والأكثرهم لا يعلمون قل نزله روح القدس من ربك والحق ليثبت الذين آمنوا وهدى وبشرى للمسلمين ولقد نعلم أنهم يقولون إنما يعلمه بشر لسان الذي يلحدون إليه عجمي وهذا لسان عربي مبين وقوله وجوه يومئذ ناظرة إلى ربها ناظرة على الأرائك ينظرون وقوله للذين أحسنوا الحسن وزيادة وقوله لهم ما يشاءون فيها ولدينا مزيد وهذا الباب في كتاب الله كثير من تدبر القرآن طالب الهدى منه تبين له طريق الحق The author رحمه الله What we mentioned regarding Allah's names and attributes He brought for it 111 ayahs And by the way he wrote this from memory Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah wrote all, He sat down and he quickly scribbled down what came to his mind so the qawa'id and the principles that I just mentioned right now, these are his evidences. One hundred and what? And eleven. Are we all together, brothers? There's a kitab called Aqeedah Sanusiyah. It's an aqeedah written by the Asha'ira. It's an aqeedah textbook. It has no ayah in there. No ayah. It's one of the most strongest aqeedah books that they study. Are we all together? The kitab... Um, Ibrahim al-Laqani, what's it called? Jawharat al-Tawheed. I think it's got one or two eyes in there, something like that. Hakada. It's a representation of their way when the Quran and the, and the Sunnah. 111 are my proof. How much is enough for the believer? Only one. And he brought you 111. And then as for the hadith, he's going to mention 16 hadith, inshallah ta'ala, right after this, he's going to mention 16 hadith, inshallah ta'ala, all from memory, bi-idhnillah al-kareem. We'll carry on after the salah, inshallah ta'ala. ثم سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تفسر القرآن وتبينه وتدل عليه وتعبر عنه 
وما وصف الرسول به ربه من الحديث الصحاء الذي طلقها أهل المعرفة بالقبول وجب الإيمان بها كذلك مثل قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم ينزل ربنا إلى سماء الدنيا كل ليلة حين يبقى ثلث الليل الآخر فيقول من يدعوني فأستجيب له من يسألني فأعطيه من يستغفروني فأغفر له متفق عليه وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله أشد فرحا لتوبة عبده من أحدكم براحلته الحديث متفق عليه وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يضحك الله إلى رجلين يقتل أحدهما الآخر يدخلان الجنة متفق عليه وقوله عجب ربنا من قنوط عباده قرب غيره ينظر إليكم أذلين قنيتين فيضل فيضل ينظر إليكم يضحك يعلم أن فرجكم قريب حديث حسن وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزال جهنم يلقى فيها وتقول هل من مزيد حتى ينضع رب العزة رب العزة فيها قدمه وفي رواية عليها قدمه فينزوي بعضها إلى بعض وتقول قط قط متفق عليه وقوله يقول الله عز وجل لآدم عليه السلام يا آدم فيقول لبيك وسعديك فينادي بصوت إن الله يأمرك أن تخرج من درية جبعة إلى النار متفق عليه وقوله ما من أحد إلا سيكلم ربه ليس بينه وبينه حاجب ولا ترجمان وقوله في رقية المريد ربنا الله الذي في السماء تقدس اسمك أمرك في السماء والأرض كما رحمتك في السماء اجعل رحمتك في الأرض اغفر لنا حبنا وخطايانا أنت رب الطيبين أنزل رحمة من رحمتك وشفاء من شفائك على هذا الوجع فيبرأ فيبرأ رواه أبو داود وقوله وقوله ألا تأمنوني وأنا أمين من في السماء رواه البخاري وغيره وقوله والعرش فوق ذلك والله فوق فوق عرشه وهو يعلم ما أنتم عليه رواه أبو داود والترمذي وغيرهما وقوله للجارية أين الله قالت في السماء قال من أنا قال أنت رسول الله قالت أعتقها فإنها مؤمنة رواه مسلم وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أفضل الإيمان أن تعلم أن الله معك حيثما كنت حديث حسن وقوله إذا قام أحدكم إلى الصلاة فإن الله قبل وجهه فلا يبسكن قبل وجهه ولا عن يمينه ولكن عن يسارها وتحت قدم متفق عليه وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم رب السماوات سبع ورب الأرض ورب العرش العظيم ربنا ورب كل شيء فالق الحب والنوى منزل التوراة والإنجيل والفرقان أعوذ بك من شر كل داب أنت آخذ بناصيتها أنت الأول فليس قبلك شيء وأنت الآخر فليس بعدك شيء وأنت الظاهر فليس فوقك شيء وأنت الباطن فليس دونك شيء اقنع عني الدين وأغنني من الفقر رواه مسلم وقوله لما رفع أصحاب أصواتهم بذكر أيها الناس اربيعوا على أنفسكم فإنكم لا تدعون أصم ولا غائب إنما تدعون سميعا قريبا إن الذين تدعونه أقرب إلى أحدكم من عنك راحلته متفق عليه وقوله إنكم سترون ربكم كما ترون القمر ليلة البدر لا تضامون في رؤيته فإن استطعتم ألا تغلبوا على صلاة قبل طلوع الشمس وصلاة قبل غروبها ففعلوا متفق عليه إلى أمثال هذه الحديث التي يخبر فيها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ربه بما يخبر به فإن الفرقة الناجية أهل السنة والجماعة يؤمنون بذلك كما يؤمنون بما أخبر الله به في كتابه من غير تحيف ولا تعطيل ومن غير تكيف ولا تمثيل بل هم الوسط في فرق الأمم كما أن الأمة هي الوسط في الأمم The author رحمه الله He mentioned 16 حديث من أحاديث الصفات now he went into 16 hadith. How many ahadith? 16 ahadith min ahadith sifat. And this is how Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are. They bring the Quranic evidences, and then after that, what do they mention? 
the, 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 the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the author, rahimahullah, he brought 111 ayah and he brought 16 hadiths. All of the ahadiths are narrated in Sahihain. All of them except four. From the 16, all of them are narrated in Sahihain, Bukhari and Muslim together or individually, except for hadiths. Bukhari never narrated it, no Muslim. And the first one is the hadith of Ibn Majah in Hadith Abi Razin al Uqayli. That hadith is narrated by Ibn Majah in Hadith Abi Razin al Uqayli. The second one is the hadith of Abi Darda fi Sunan Abi Dawood. في رقية المريض ربنا الله الذي في السماء. And the third one is the hadith narrated by Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi. الحديث العباس رضي الله تعالى عنه where the Prophet said والعرش فوق ذلك والله فوق عرشي وهو يعلم ما أنتم عليه. The fourth one is طبراني narrated in his معجم الكبير أن الأوسط من حديث عبادة بن صامت أفضل الإيمان الحديث and the fifth one is sorry those four صح those four أحاديث لم يرويها البخاري ولا مسلم البخاري never narrated it and Muslim didn't narrate it okay those أحاديث These ahadiths that the author rahimahullah narrated, if they are weak in terms of their asanid, some of them are weak in terms of their asanid, like the hadith Afdalul Iman, Tabarani, narrated in his Mu'jam al Kabir and Al Awsat, Min Hadith Ubadat ibn Samitin, this hadith is da'if. Its chain of narration is what? It's weak. Like in these ahadiths that the author brought, the, the author brought, he doesn't necessarily believe some of them to be authentic individually. Like he's authenticating it, what? When you bring all of the chains together. Can I have tissue? When you bring the entire chains together, the hadiths, it authenticates one another. What does it do? It authenticates one another. How many names did the author, rahimahullah, bring from these ahadiths? He brought 17 names for you from all of these ahadiths. 17 names. So 17 names were taken from these ahadiths. 17, one seven. 
and the characteristics are how many? The characteristics are 15. It's a bit tricky here. How can the characteristics be less than the names? Because oh. every, every name is a characteristics, but not every characteristics is a name. So why do we have more names and less characteristics? Huh? So the characteristics should be more. Listen to your point. If there is characteristics that don't have names, then the characteristics should be more than the names. <laughs> every character, every name has a characteristic in it. So there should there should be at least seventeen characteristics already the sifat that don't move the young kids away from that microphone hmm? some of the name some of the names have what characteristics yeah, that's what the author did here. What he did was he mentioned, if you look at some of the names he mentioned, he mentioned Ar-Rabbu, and then Rabbul Izza, and then Rabbul Tayyibin, and then Rabbul Samawati Saba, Rabbul Arsh Al-Azim, Rabbul Kulli Shayin, Faliqul Habbi Wal Nawa. All of these are names that he mentioned. Are we all together? So he's repeating some of the names which have common characteristics. Okay? Now. فهم وسط في باب صفات الله سبحانه وتعالى بين أهل التعطيل الجهمية وبين أهل التمثيل المشبهة فهم وسط في باب أفعال الله تعالى بين القدرية والجبرية وفي باب وعيد الله بين المرجئة وبين الوعيدية من القدرية وغيرهم وفي باب الإيمان والدين بين الحرورية والمعتزلة وبين المرجئة والجهمية وفي أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بين الروافض وبين الخوارج this is the five I mentioned to you at the beginning, remember? Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. They are in the middle when it comes to these five. These are all the fives. The first one is Babul Asma'i wa Sifat. The second one is Masailul Qada'i wal Qadr. The third one is Masailul Wa'ad wal Wa'id. The third one is Masailul Asma'i wal Ahkam. And the fourth one is Masailul Sahaba. These are the five Ahlul Sunnah are wa kadalika ja'annakum ummatan wasata. Ahl-Sunnah are in the middle when it comes to all of these five. The other groups, what do you find in them? Imma ifrat or tafrid. They are extreme in exaggeration or extreme in negligence. Ahl-Sunnah, middle. How are they in the middle, Ahl-Sunnah, and the rest are not? How? How did that happen? Because Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Mazdaru Talaqi indahum. The place they take their religion from is the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Quran and the Sunnah 
will only call a person to be, to be what? To be balanced and to be in the middle. Are we all together, brothers? And the Quran and the Sunnah does not contradict one another. It won't contradict itself. And so if you go to the opinions of people, then you tend to find what? Ifrat or tafrid. And the Shaykh Rahimullah mentioned for you, when it comes to the names and the attributes of Allah, who went extreme here? The Jahmiyyah. When it comes to the Qadr, who were the people who went? Bain al Qadariyati wal Jabariyah. The Qadariyah two times. Qadariyah al Nufat and the Qadariyah al Jabariyah. They're both Qadariyahs. Like in the Qadariyah al Nufat are the ones, when you say Qadariyah, generally it goes to the Nufat. And the other ones are called the Jabariyah. Jabariyah, we'll see inshallah who they are. They're a type of Qadariyah. Like in Indal Itlaq, when you unrestrictedly say Qadariyah, the Ahlul Sunnah referring to the the Nufat, the ones who negate the Qadr. The Jabriya are the ones who force the Qadr. They say Allah knows everything that's happening and the slave is being forced to do what he does and it's not in his will. He's like a leaf on a windy day. Okay? The third is Babu al-Wa'ad wal-Wa'id. Al-Wa'ad wal-Wa'id are who? Bayna al-Murji'ati wa bayna al-Wa'idiyyati min al-Qadriyyati wa ghayrihim. Who is the Wa'idiyya? The Wa'idiyya are referred to as the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. They're called Wa'idiyya. And the murji'ah, what does it mean, babul wa'ad wal wa'id? It means those who take, some of them they take the warnings from the Quran. The warnings that are in the Quran, like the khawarij. Khawarij, they look at only the nususul wa'id. Okay, and the mu'tazila. They say, Allah made in the Quran, I promise that anyone who does this is going to take them to the hellfire. So any Muslim who does a sin, has to, he has to go to the hellfire. Or else you're saying Allah is lying. And they brought a mas'ala called infadul wa'id. Are we all together? And the murji'ah on the other side, they took all the nusus al-wa'ad. The murji'ah are on the other extreme. What did they take? They took only the verses that give them the reassurance. Anyone who says la ilaha will enter jannah. So then they steal, they, no problem. You commit zina, no problem. You lie, no problem. Everything, no problem. As long as la ilaha is with you, huh? good. Okay. La ilaha is, just say it. And everything that you do after that, لا يضر, it doesn't harm. That's the murji'ah. And the khawarij is what? You say, لا إله إلا الله, it doesn't matter. You're a kafir, murtad, adin al-Islam. And the person is saying, وشد, لا إله إلا الله, I say it. No, you're not a Muslim. Are we all together? لا إله إلا الله, it doesn't have no value to them. Okay? And the other ones, they believe only لا إله إلا الله is enough. And everything after that, it doesn't harm. And Ahlul Sunnah are in the middle. They are not with these people, nor are they with these people. They're in the middle. Okay? The third, the fourth one is Masailul Asma'i wal Ahkam, issues of Iman and Kufr, which we'll see inshallah ta'ala. There's groups that went extreme on this. Again, the Murji'ah and the Khawarij, they went extreme on this issue. So the Murji'ah, what did they do? The Murji'ah, what did they do? The Murji'ah, they said, La yadurru ma'al imani ma'asiyah. There's no sin that can affect a person's Iman. They don't believe the concept of Iman increasing or decreasing. Are you a believer? Ha, do whatever you want, no problem. Whatever rocks your boat. The Khawarij on the other hand, what do they do? Any sin that you do, any sin will take you out of the fold of Islam. So you drink Khamar, you're a disbeliever. You lie, you're a disbeliever. So they made takfir based on major sins. Okay? Like Ahlul Sunnah took the middle path, what did they say? They said, uh, 
He's a fasiq in his major sins that he's doing. And he's a mu'min in the foundation that is found with him. So he's a believer. He's a Muslim naqsul iman. He's a believer, Muslim, lakin no naqsul iman. His iman is very deficient. The last one is the sahabas. And the sahabas is the companions. What does Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe regarding the? What do they believe regarding the uh, companions? And their view regarding the companions. Again, they have a middle path, Ahlul Sunnah, regarding the companions. There are two groups that went extreme on the companions, the Rawafid and the Khawarij. The Khawarij, they made takfir of the Sahabas. And uh, the Rawafid made takfir of the Sahabas, only selected the ones, ones of them they left behind. So we all together. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are what? They are in the middle of all of that. So they are Mujaniba to Ifrat wa Tafrit. Ahlul Sunnah don't go extreme on any side. They are in the middle. As Allah praised the believers to be what? وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا نعم وَقَدْ دَخَلَ فِي مَا ذَكَرْنَاهُ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ بِاللَّهِ الْإِيمَانُ بِمَا أَخْبَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ فِي كِتَابِهِ وَتَوَاتَرَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وأجمع عليه سلف الأمة من أنه سبحانه وتعالى فوق سماواته على عرشه علي على خلقه وهو سبحانه معهم أينما كانوا يعلم ما هم عاملون كما جمع بين ذلك في قوله هو الأول والآخر هو, هو الذي خلق السماوات والأرض في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش يعلم ما يلج في الأرض وما يخرج منها وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وهو معكم أينما كنتم والله بما تعملون بصير وليس معنى قوله وهو معكم أنه مختلف بالخلق فإن هذا لا توجبه اللقاء وهو خلاف ما أجمع عليه سلف الأمة وخلاف ما فطر الله عليه الخلق بل القمر آية من آيات الله من أصغر مخلوقاته وهو موضوع في السماء وهو, وهو مع المسافر أينما كان وهو سبحانه فوق العرش رقيب على خلقه مهيمن عليه مطلع إليه إلى غير ذلك من المعاني, من المعاني ربوبيته فكل هذا الكلام الذي ذكره الله من أنه فوق العرش وأنه معانا حق على حق على حقيقته لا يحتاج إلى تحريف ولكن يصان عن الظنون الكاذبة وقد دخل فيه ذلك الإيمان بأنه قريب من خلقه كما قال سبحانه وتعالى فإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعاني فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الذي تدعونه أقرب إلى أحدكم من عنق راحلته وما ذكر في الكتاب والسنة من قربة ومعيته لا ينافي ما ذكر من علوه وفوقيته فإنه سبحانه وليس كمثله شيء في جميع نعوته وهو علي في دنوه قريب في علوه The author رحمه الله here he speaks about believing in Allah تبارك وتعالى What does it mean to believe in Allah? He says to believe in Allah is two things The Shaykh says believing in Allah is two things That he Allah عز وجل is above his throne That Allah تبارك وتعالى is above his throne subhanahu wa ta'ala high above and the evidences are multitude they are, they are excessive in number from them is surah to uh, sorry so from from them is the ayat where allah ta'ala says allah is above his creation um, the second thing that the author rahimahullah mentions means believing in Allah is that he subhanahu wa ta'ala he's with his creation 
and that he is what? He's close to his creation. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the author, rahimahullah, he mentions that Allah being close to his creation is in two ways. And that the word al-qurb, the word ma'iyah, qurb or ma'iyah, the word qurb or ma'iyah, wa huwa ma'akum, ma'iyah. They mean one of two. And these two are both found in the Quran. The first one is ma'iyah, which is am, a general usage of the word ma'akum, ma'iyah. A general usage of the word ma'iyah. A general usage of the word qurb, qareeb. And that is a general, the general usage here is that Allah wa ta'ala, He is close to His creation or He's with His creation, with His knowledge, subhanahu wa ta'ala, bi'ilmihi. Um, and the second one is qurbun khas, a specific type of ma'iyah, a specific type of qurb. And this is the one that Allah uses for the, the believers. And this is a nasr wa ta'yid. That Allah is aiding and He's supporting uh, the believers okay so the first one is used for all of the creation Allah knows everything that we do our movements what we're up to what we're saying what we're thinking he knows all of that and that's the one that the author brought for surah to surah al-hadid that Allah tabarak wa ta'ala said وما ينزل من السماء وهو معكم أينما كنتم والله بما تعملون بصير. This ayah mentioned the two things, which is that Allah is above His throne, وهو معكم أينما كنتم, and He's with you guys. Both are mentioned in the same verse. The first one is talking about that Allah is above His throne, سبحانه وتعالى, and the second one is talking about that He's with His creation, معية معية عامة. The general type of ma'iyah, which is he knows what his creation are up to. And he has knowledge of that. But there's another type of ma'iyah. And it's the one Allah used for Nabiullah uh, Muhammad and Abu Bakr Siddiq. When, uh, when they were both in the cave and Abu Bakr got scared and worried, what is it that Allah said to him? لا تحزن إن الله معنا Don't be scared or worried or concerned Allah is with us this with us is a ma'iyah khasa specific meaning Allah is going to give us victory Allah is going to aid us so we have to understand that way that the Quran works and the words are be, that are being used here so that is what it means when someone says and tu'mina billahi the author is saying here okay naam ومن الإيمان به وبكتبه الإيمان بأن بأن القرآن كلام الله سبحانه وتعالى منزل غير مخلوق منه بدأ وإليه يعود وأن الله تكلم به حقيقة وأن هذا القرآن الذي أنزله على نبيه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم هو كلام الله حقيقة لا كلام غيره ولا يجوز إطلاق القول بأنه حكاية عن كلام الله أو عبارة عنه بل إذا قرأه الناس أو كتبوه في المصاحف لم يخرج بذلك عن أن يكون كلام الله سبحانه وتعالى حقيقة فإن الكلام إنما يضاف حقيقة إلى من تكلم به مبتدئا لا إلى من قاله مبلغا مؤديا The author رحمه الله He says believing in Allah and believing in the books So he's talking about أن تؤمن بالله right? Also one of the things that falls under and tu'mina billahi and also to believe in the kutub starting with the Quran is that you believe it's the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
that the Quran is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person says, I believe in Allah, you have to believe Allah wa ta'ala. He said this Quran and that this Quran is his speech subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that the Quran came down from Allah and it's not created. From Allah it started and to him it will go back. You have to believe that. And that Allah wa ta'ala spoke this haqiqatan. It's not figurative, it's literal. That Allah wa ta'ala spoke this. And that the Quran that we have with us, that we recite and that we're reading today, it is the speech of Allah wa ta'ala that was sent on to Nabiullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then here he responds to two groups who have deviate, deviated from the path of Ahl Sunnah. And they are the Kullabiyya and the Asha'ira. These two groups, the author Rahimullah refutes. And he said that we shouldn't use the usage of these two groups. We shouldn't use the two wordings that are used by two groups. وَلَا يَجُوزُ إِطْلَاقُ الْقَوْلِ بِأَنَّهُ حِكَايَةٌ Who are the ones who said حِكَايَةٌ? The كُلَّابِيَةٌ That's a deviated group. And who are the ones who said عِبَارَةٌ عَنْ كَلَامِ اللَّهِنَا? It's the أَشَاعِرَةٌ Who deviated from the path of Ahl-Sunnah. Both parties believe that the speech of Allah is a صِفَةٌ قَائِمَةٌ فِي ذَاتِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّةٌ Those two groups believe that the speech is within Allah and it doesn't come out. حِكَايَةٌ They say, pay attention to this, both groups the Kullabiyya are the ones who say Hikaya and the Asha'ira they say Ibarah which both of them mean that the speech is within Allah wa ta'ala and so the question here is how did this Quran come to us if the speech of Allah doesn't come out of him and it's within him how did this Quran that we have and that we're reading today where did it come about within themselves they have different opinions and so what they said is that this Quran is a Hikaya it's a story, it's, it's conveying on behalf of what Allah wanted to say. But it doesn't come out of Allah. Are we all together, brothers? So Shaykh al-Islam said, this is not min madhab salaf Rather, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that Allah Allah's speech, it has two things, sawtun wa harfun, a sound and letters to it. And there are many extensive evidences that have come regarding that in Bukhari and Muslim, uh, but we won't have time to go through all of that. Naam. ومن الإيمان به وب وقد دخل أيضا فيما ذكرناه من الإيمان بكتبه ورسله الإيمان بأن المؤمنين يرونه يوم القيامة عيانا بأبصارهم كما يرون الشمس صحبا ليس دونها سحاب وكما يرون القمر ليلة البدر لا يضامون في رؤيته يرون يرونه سبحانه وهم في عرصات القيامة ثم يرونه بعد دخول الجنة كما يشاء الله سبحانه وتعالى. The author, Rahimahullah, here he speaks about Allah will be seen the day of judgment. The author, Rahimahullah, he mentioned two times Allah will be seen, two types of seeing that will take place the day of judgment. Al-Sunnah believe that. Okay? There are two types of seeing the day of judgment. The first one is There's going to be one that's going to take place on the grounds of the day of judgment on the opening that day there's going to be a pe people are standing and Allah Taala will be seen and the second one is the seeing that's going to be uniquely for the believers 
that is khasun bil mu'minin is specific to the believers and that one is because of their good doings and their righteous actions the first one is called ru'yatu imtihanin wa ta'rifin And the first type of looking brothers, the believers and disbelievers will all share that one. The asal for that one is imtihan and waqtibar. The people are being tested. Like in the second one is, it's the type of looking that is going to come with a blessing. And it's an honoring. And that's only going to be for the believers. The difference between the, the first one is going to be see if they know Allah and if they recognize who Allah is and to their, their knowledge of Allah it's to test them it's not to honor them but the second looking is the one that's going to be for the believers which is they will see their Lord that day and when they see him subhanahu wa ta'ala it's a blessing it's after they've been put in Jannah and they've passed the test they're going to be informed that this is their blessing this is their place of residency and then they will be asked is there anything else that you would want and then they say ya rabbi what else could we want we've got everything we've ever wanted we've got jannah and then allah ta'ala will inform them that there's only one thing left for you guys which is to see me and then that's where the ayah comes the righteous people who did good they will see allah ta'ala that day and the veil will be removed for them and they will enjoy seeing their lord Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Naam. What was your question? Nice. The first one. Nice. The first one. I said, again, I repeat, the first seeing is not unique for the believers. It's a ru'yatun tihanin wa ta'rifin. It's a test. Everyone is going to be tested. It's to know Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And the second one is unique for the believers. And it's a ru'ya fil jannah. Ru'yatu in'amin, they call it. Ibn Taymiyyah called it Ru'yatu In'amin. It's a Ru'ya of being blessed and honored for your good doings. And it is Tashrif. Allah is honoring you now. Yeah. This again, I repeat again, third time. There's two types of seeing. The two types of seeing are, the first one is not a honoring looking. So even if they do see it, they won't value it because it's an imtihan, it's an ikhtibar. And there are nusus kathira. That Allah Taala, He will come to them. They won't recognize Allah. This is for everybody. So don't refer to that as seeing Allah. The seeing comes with joy. It's a punishment that they fail miserably. Like in the second one, brothers, is ru'ya to in'amin wa tashrif. Okay. And the first one is the disbelievers and the believers, and the second one is. The believers, 
بمرزبه من حديد فيصيح صيحه يسمعها كل شيء الا الانسان ولو سمعها الانسان ولا صعيك ثم بعد هذه الفتنه اما نعيم واما عذاب الى يوم القيامه الكبرى فتعاد الارواح الى الاجساد فتقوم القيامه التي اخبر الله به بها في كتابه وعلى لسان رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم واجمع عليها المسلمون فيقوم الناس من قبورهم لرب العالمين حفات عرات غرلا وتدنو منهم الشمس ويجليهم العرق وتنصب الموازين وتوزن فيها الاعمال العباد فمن ثقلت موازينه فاولئك هم المفلحون ومن خفت موازينه فاولئك الذين خسروا انفسهم في جهنم خالدون وتنشر الدواوين وهي الصحائف الاعمال فاخذ كتاب بيمينه واخذ كتاب شماله او من وراء ظهره كما قال تعالى وكل انسان الزمناه طائره في عنقه ونخرج له يوم القيامه كتابا يلقاه منشورا اقرا كتابك كفى بنفسك اليوم عليك حسيبا ويحاسب الله الخلائق ويخلو بعبده المؤمن فيقر فيقرره بذنوبه كما وصف ذلك في الكتاب والسنه واما الكفار فلا يحاسبون محاسبه ما توزن الحسنات وسيئاته فانه لا حسنات لهم ولكن تعذب أعمالهم وتحصى فيوقفون عليهم ويقررون بها ويجزون بها وفي عرصة القيامة الحوت المورود لمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أشد بياض من اللبن وأحلى من العسل طوله شهر وعرضه شهر آنية وعدد نجوم السماء فمن شرب منه شربة لم يضموا بعدها أبدا والصراط منصوب على من متن جهنم وهو جسر الذي بين الجنة والنار يمر الناس عليه عليه على قدر اعمالهم فمنهم من يمر عليه كلمح البصر ومنهم من يمر كالبرق ومنهم من يمر كالريح ومنهم من يمر كالفرس الجواد ومنهم من يمر كركاب الابل ومنهم من يعود عدوى ومنهم من يمشي مشيه ومنهم من يزحف زحفه ومنهم من يخاطف من يخطف فيلقى في جهنم فإن الجسر عليه كلاليب تخطف الناس بأعمالهم فمن مر على السرات دخل الجنة فإذا عبروا عليهم وقفوا على القندر بين الجنة والنار فيقتصوا ببعضهم من بعد فإذا هذوا نقوا أذن لهم في دخول الجنة وأول من يستفتح باب الجنة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأول من يدخل الجنة من الأمم أمته وله في القيامة ثلاث شفاعة لما الشفاعة الأولى فيشفع أهل الموقف حتى يقضى بينهم بعد أن يتراجع الأنبياء آدم ونوح وإبراهيم وموسى وعيسى بن مريم عليهم من الله السلام الشفاعة حتى تنتهي إليه وأمن الشفاعة الثانية فيشفع في أهل الجنة أن يدخل الجنة وهاتان شفاعة خاصة له أما الشفاعة الثالث فيشفع في من استحق النار وهذه الشفاعة له ولسائر النبيين والصديقين وغيرهم فيشفع في من استحق النار إلا لا يدخلها ويشفع في من دخلها يخرج منها ويخرج الله تعالى من النار أقوام من غير شفاعة بل بفضل ورحمته ويبقى في الجنة فضل عمن دخل من أهل الدنيا فينشئ الله لها أقواما فيدخلهم الجنة وأصناف ما تضمنه الدار الآخرة من الحساب والثواب والعقاب والجنة والنار وتفاصيل ذلك مذكورة في الكتب المنزلة من السماء والآثارة من العلم المأثور عن الأنبياء وفي العلم المأثور عن محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من ذلك ما يشفي ويكفي فمن ابتغاه وجده the author, rahimahullah, he now goes into the fifth pillar of al-iman, the fifth pillar of the arkanul iman, al-sitta, which is al-imanu bil yawmil akhir, to believe in the what? The day of judgment. And the Shaykh, rahimahullah, he gave a very comprehensive definition of what yawmul akhir is. 
ولذلك الشيخ العلامة عبد الرحمن ناصر السعدي رحمه الله يز الشرح عن عقيدة الواسطية right he called it التنبيهات اللطيفة where he explained عقيدة الواسطية when he came to the definition of the author regarding what the day of judgment means he said that this definition of his is very comprehensive very good which is كل ما أخبر به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مما يكون بعد الموت that the يوم القيامة أما يوم الآخر it means كل ما أخبر به الرسول it is everything that the prophet told us about صلى الله عليه وسلم مما يكون بعد بعد مما يكون بعد الموت and it happens and it takes place after death إذن يوم الآخر starts from the person dying straight away based on the hadith of the prophet صلى where he said من مات قامت قيامته the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said Anyone who dies, his qiyamah has started. That's it. Your day of judgment has now started for you. You're now moving on from this world. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they believe when it comes to the Yawmul Akhir, that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us regarding it. Because Yawmul Akhir is from the ilmul ghayb, it's from the unseen, and it's not what is known. So they believe in the questioning of the two angels that are going to be asking three questions. They're going to ask you about your Lord, Allah Azza wa Jalla. They will ask you about your religion. And they will ask you about Nabiullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَيُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ ثَابِتِ And Allah will make the believers firm. And they will be able to answer those three questions, the believers. وَأَمَّا الْمُرْتَابُ As for the disbeliever and the criminal, as for the disbeliever, the criminal, his response will be, I heard the people say something and I said what the people said. That's what he says. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah then believe that in these graves there is a adab. And they also believe that there is a. Uh, a na'im, a bliss, and a punishment. Al Sunnah believe it. That happens to the creation. And they also believe that the ruh, the soul, will be brought, it will be, it will be brought back to the body. And the people will stand up from their graves and they will stand up. What does it mean? They will stand with three characteristics. The people, they will be naked. They would be wearing no shoes and they will not be circumcised. No circumcision. These three is the situation of every single one of us. Okay? And then the scale will be placed. The scale will be placed in front of us. And this scale will scale three things. This scale will scale three things. When we look at all of the narrations, the first thing that it would weigh is... Um, Al-Amil Al-Amil means the one Who was doing the action The slave himself will be scaled that day You will be scaled that day And the evidence for that is The day of judgment It will be brought Chubby man Big He will be placed on the scale and this man will not weigh the wing of a mosquito. Big man, he'll be placed on the scale 
and he will not even weigh the wing of a mosquito. That's how light he is. The second thing that will be weighed is the amal, the actions of the people. The people's actions will be uh, weighed. The people's actions will be weighed. And they will be put on the scale. And the evidence for that is فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ أَيْ عَمَلُهُ The one whose actions are not heavy enough and they're light, then that person is truly lost. And the one whose scale is righteous deeds are many, he will what? He will pass the test or he will win that day. He'll be successful. The third thing that will be also weighed is Sahifatu Amalihi, the place where the righteous deed was written on, or the wrong deed was written on. The scrolls in which things were written on will be scaled as well. And the evidence for that is the famous hadith, hadith of Bitaqa, hadith where La ilaha illallah is written on it. And in that hadith, if you look at it, the person will be on one side of the scale, will be on there, and the sins and the crimes that he's committed, and the wrongdoings that he came with. And the hadith mentions, that he comes that day, ma'ahu tis'atun wa tis'ina sijilla, 99 scrolls of sins. And he will be put on one side. And then a small card. Small card, card brothers. Bitaqa, a small little card, will be brought out. And then he looks and he says, what is this card going to do to this 99 scrolls? He's shocked. And then it will be said to him that no one will, will be oppressed that day. Even if it's a small card, anything you do, مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةِ It will be brought. And so then that card will be placed on the scale and written on it is لا إله إلا الله and it will weigh higher and bigger than all of the sins that he had committed or that she had committed. That لا إله إلا الله alone comes and it saves you from all of the wrongs that you did. It will save you from it. La ilaha illallah. How powerful it is. And it's a person who lived upon Tawheed brothers. Who didn't associate partners with Allah. Didn't come with shirk. And he didn't come with shirk in any of the three. La fi rububiyati wa la fi uluhiyati wa la fi asma'i wa sifati. He stayed away from shirk. And abandoned shirk. And so then there's nothing that can be greater and more stronger than what? La ilaha illallah. The scholars they say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah is seven words. Seven words. And Jahannam is seven doors. Each and every one of those words will protect you from the doors of the hellfire. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. You say that word, mukhlisan, with sincerity and yaqeen, and you live by it, it will protect you from what? From the seven doors of the hellfire. You will not enter it. But what is required from you is You act upon what it necessitates and what it calls you to. You see, brothers, those three things are going to be scaled that day. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, That day, the scale will be placed in front of everybody. And all of those three will be weighed and it will be scaled. And Allah Taala He says that He will bring every single thing that was said, done, where it was done, who did it. It will be brought that day, and nothing will be oppressed and wronged from anyone. Then everybody will be given their books. The Shaykh Rahim Allah mentions the books will be given to the people, 
some would be taking their book kitabahu biyamini some people would take their book in their right hand and others would be taking it what bishimalihi and some people would be taking it from wara'a dhahri from behind his back wa yuhasibullahu al-khala'iq and allah tabarak wa ta'ala will account the creation all of them will be accounted for walidhalika the shaykh is daqiq in his alfaz he's very detailed in his wordings that's why he used the word wa yuhasibullahu al-khala'iq because he even wants to bring the animals in there as well the animals hatta allah will judge between them what they did to each other the animal that had horns that hit the one that didn't have horns that day he will get his rights from him are we all together it's that day where even the animals will take from each other their rights then what do you then think regarding the children of adam you see the animals that didn't have that aql and that taklif that day they will take from each other their rights and then they will turn into dust so the people are going to take from each other that day their rights whoever you wronged whoever you hurt whoever you that day your rights is hukuk the people you backbited and etc you will take your rights that day and they will take their rights you see the day that day the hisab is two types brothers and sisters the hisab the accountability is two types hisab which is yasir an easy accountability okay it's an easy and the second one is al-hisab al-asir and the second one is hisab which is hard tough the first one is the person's wrongdoings will be presented to him and he would be forgiven for it okay he'll be forgiven for it and it will be it will be said to him so my slave did you not say this and he would say oh, Allah, oh my lord i did say that did you not do this oh my lord i did do it did you not act in this way yeah my lord i did does anyone know about this that you did no oh my lord no one knows about it you and me only allah then allah then says to the slave the way i hid it for you in the dunya and that no one knew about it i will hide it for you today no one will know about it it will, be, it will still remain between me and you i have forgiven you for it this person will be happy and his sins will be forgiven for him the second type of person is the one whose sins will be presented to him which is al-hisab al-asir his sins will be presented to him and it will be shown to him and then what will happen is he will be interrogated deeply are we all together and that's why the prophet ﷺ, he said in the hadith man udib, the one who is interrogated and his question that day is really punished and every one of us knows that when your parents for instance they question you on something and they're pressing on that point they choose to press on that point deeply and they want to ask you you see how nervous you become because you're scared a, a, a can of worms of problems are going to come up this is connected to the other oh, oh this is connected to this thing you're just scared and you're nervous then what do you think the one who knows he knows everything before you even say it what you're literally thinking he knows it he even knows it before you think it subhanahu wa ta'ala are we all together so that day there are going to be people whose interrogation and his, their questioning is going to be very hard on them the author then says well, the disbeliever by the way he has done good, good deeds he has done good deeds some of them have done good deeds they've done righteous actions 
but that day their righteous action doesn't exist. Pay attention to that. Then does that mean Allah oppressed them? No. Allah rewards them in this dunya. Allah gives them the good that they did, they get their reward in the dunya. Allah protects even their children for them in this dunya from any dunya harm, or Allah protects their house, or Allah increases them in their wealth. But the day of judgment, nothing is for them. They have nothing with Allah Azza wa Jalla. The Akhirah brothers is only for the believers. That day is only for the believers. The only people that day is the believers. Allah says in the Quran, وَلَوْلَا أَنْ يَكُونَ النَّاسُ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا لَجَعَلْنَا لِمَنْ يَكْفُرُ بِالرَّحْمَانِ لِبُيُوتِهِمْ سُقُفًا مِنْ فِضَّةً وَمَعَارِجَ عَلَيْهَا يَظْهَرُونَ وَلِبُيُوتِهِمْ أَبْوَابًا وَسُرُرًا عَلَيْهَا يَتَّكِئُونَ وَزُخْرُفًا وَإِنْ كُلُّ ذَلِكَ لَمَّا مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Akhirah is only for the muttaqeen, the righteous people. They're the ones that are going to reap the good. But the author is saying here to you that the disbeliever, if he's only got sins waiting for him, why is he going to be interrogated for? The way he's going to be interrogated is the way that the people who've got good and bad are going to be interrogated. Does that make sense? The disbeliever, the way he's going to be questioned and he's going to be interrogated and he's going to go through hardship is equal to this one who got, he's got good and bad. Meaning he's going to get interrogated as much as this one gets interrogated. Like in the differences is that the believer's interrogation, of course there's good with him that remains. And forgiveness that's going to come with it. In other words, what the author is trying to eliminate is the thought coming to your mind that the disbelievers will not be questioned since there's only one thing for them anyways, which is the hellfire. So why will they be, why will they be questioned? Questioning is for a person, there's a possibility he might make it or a possibility he may not make it. Does that make sense? The author is saying the kuffar are still muhasaboon. There is still a hisab on them. They'll still be questioned. The wrong that they did, they need to explain why they did it. What made them do it? What brought... So they're not free from this. That, oh, I'm going to go to the hellfire anyways, just take me there. It won't be like that for them. There is a hisab which is asir. But we all together. The author then, rahimahullah, speaks about arasat yawm al-qiyamah. Arasat, by the way, is the muttasi'atuha. It's the open, it's the open land. Okay? He also speaks about al-hawdhul mawrood. The hawd is a fountain. And the Prophet sallallahu told us in the ahadith which are sahihah, وَلِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ hawd. Every prophet has a hawd. But our prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his hawd, the fountain that is given to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is akmaluha wasfan, it is the most beautiful one compared to all the prophets. Wa akmaluha halan. And the situation of the prophet's fountain is better than any other prophet. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah also believe about the day of judgment. They believe in something called the sirat. And the Sirat brothers is a jisr, it's a bridge. Al-Sunnah believe it. And this jisr, which is the bridge, Al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe, mansubun ala matni jahannam. Al-Sunnah believe that it's a, it is on top of jahannam. And it runs on top of jahannam. Or on the outer of jahannam, some scholars they say. Matni ala rahiriha. And that's where Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَإِن مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا مَقَضِيًّا ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا وَنَظَرُوا ظَالِمِينَ فِيهَا جِثِيًّا وَإِن مِنْكُمْ There is none of you إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا Except that he will go through Jahannam. Okay. There's no believer, anyone, everyone will. That is the jisr. It's a bridge. It's Jahannam. Uh, so it's that bridge. And that bridge, brothers, one side of it will throw you to Jannah and the other side will throw you to Jannah. Jann Jannah and Jahannam. 
Some of the shaykh, he takes a view which is, It's between Jannah and Nar. Or some of the scholars, the sharah that they gave was, no, it's not the case of what the author is trying to say. But what he means between that is that the, the bridge, it's what will either reach you to Jannah or Nar. That the sirat only goes through Jahannam, I'm on top of Jahannam. And it is this sirat that if you make it through, you'll either go Jannah. And if you don't make it, you go to the hellfire. So it's this bridge that's either going to reach you to Jannah, which is if you finish it, and if you don't and you fall off it, you're going to go to Jahannam. Brothers, one of the greatest statements Al-Allam ibn al-Qayyim said, Rahimahullahu ta'ala, and it's a powerful statement of his, he said that look at the sirat of Jahannam, look at, look, at, look at the sirat, look at the sirat of the day of judgment as the sirat of this dunya. The sirat that we need to be upon this day today. The sirat, the path that we need to be upon today. The sirat in which the Prophet sallallahu he recited the ayah وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي This is my path فَاتَّبِعُوهُ Follow the Prophet's path The Prophet's path in this dunya is the sirat The way that you are to the Prophet's sirat on this earth is the way that you're going to be on the sirat of the day of judgment how firm are you upon the Prophet's path in this dunya? Do you pick and choose what you want to take from his life? Do you pick and choose what you want to take away from his sunnah? And the way that you need to dress and the way you need to be? Do you pick and choose? That will reflect on the way that you are going to be on the day of judgment. This is my path, the Prophet said. Allah said in the Quran. Follow it. And don't follow those paths. And you know what the Prophet did when he recited this ayah, Hadith Abdullah ibn Mas'ud? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, خَطَّ لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ خَطًا The Messenger made a path for us. وَخَطَّ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَشِمَالِهِ خُطُوطًا And on the right and on the left, the Prophet made paths on both sides. And the Prophet then, صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said that this is my path, follow it. And on the left and on the right, there are paths On those paths are shayateen that are calling the people to it. Evil individuals are calling you away from that straight path. They are on the sides. They're going to tell you, come, come, follow our way. The Prophet instructed his companions to stay upon this path. He then remembered, brothers, the way that you are on this path in the dunya and the sunnah of the Prophet is the way you're going to be on the day of judgment. This sirat, brothers, this jis, this bridge, it has kalalib. It has metal, metal rods that come from the side. This metal rod will grab onto the usat al-mu'mineen. It will grab onto the wrongdoers of the believers, and the ones that have committed crimes. And it will rip them, and it will pull them, and it will stick to them. And the way that the people will go over this bridge, as the author said, ala qadri a'malim, all based on their actions. The people are going to go through it in different ways. Some people are going to go over this bridge like, the, like, like that, like a blink. Are you with me? And another one like a lightning. He went. He's gone. Flash. Another one's like a wind. 
And another person is like a horse. People are different, all based on their actions. And some of them, they're going to be walking, sorry, on their stomach. And they're trying to move on the sirat. You see? The people who made it, who went over the bridge, and they made it through, and they went over the sirat, and alhamdulillah, however way they went through it, they made it. They are now on the other side of the sirat. There's a place called the Qantara. There's this place called the Qantara. The Qantara is a place where the people will be stopped, and they will be paused. And this is where the people start to take their rights from one another. Allah wants to take out of the believers their hearts, their, their feelings towards one another. They have some grudges in their hearts towards one another. Everyone feels that this person must have said or done something to me. This is where Allah Taala He will make the people take from each other their rights. And anyone who reached that, <coughs> and anyone who reached that point. Whatever gets taken from you will not be a reason for you not to enter Jannah. I mean, you'll still enter Jannah. They say, if they want to say that this issue has been sorted out, there's no way coming back from it. They say, This issue has passed the Qantara. I mean, if you pass that Qantara, I mean, the Sirat, and you reach the Qantara, then there is no coming back. There's only one way. Now you're going to go to, you're going to now go to Jannah. You're going to enter Jannah. The author, rahimahullah, he mentions, The first person who will be open the doors of Jannah for is Nabiullah Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is very, he's honored, greatly honored that day. He's been given the intercession. And the intercession, as the author, rahimahullah, mentioned, there are three types of intercessions. There are three types of intercessions. Huh? The disbelievers in the dunya, naam. Yes, but this is in the No, no, there's nothing for them in the akhirah. So, uh, the author is not saying that there is anything for them in the akhirah. فَإِنَّوْ لَا حَسَنَاتَ لَهُمْ That day they don't have no hasanat, he says. The day of judgment, the disbeliever has no good waiting for him. Like if he did good, like some of these rich... Uh, rich non-Muslims they go to Africa for instance and they orf they give orphans and they open orphan places isn't that good? it's good like will they get that the day of judgment? لا as Allah said the muhasabah is the interrogating them and asking them why the, what, what, how is this good deed? How, sorry how did you do this evil deed? what made you do this? ما سلككم في سقر why did you come to Jahannam? Why didn't you listen to when the angels asked, when, when, you, sorry, when you were commanded to do this? Why did you transgress on Allah's commands? You were told about Islam and you mocked it. Why did you? 
The author then says that the intercession is three types. The first one is ula. The first type is the shafa'a, the first type of shafa'a. The shafa'a is three types. The first one is ula, the first intercession. Okay? And the first intercession is, is called shafa'atu ahlil mawqif. It's the intercession that the Prophet وسلم, he does for the, disbelie- for, the, for the people, Muslims and the disbelievers, all of us. It's the one that some scholars, they call it shafa'atu ahlul mawqif. You hear that. Sometimes you hear shafa'atul uzma, the supreme intercession. This is for the disbelievers and the believers. And it's the one where the messenger requests Allah to account the people. Just judge the people. Open the judgments for them. Okay? Just open the... Because the people are running around, walking. Everyone wants just... Even the disbelievers are going to go to Adam with us. And then Nuh. And then the prophets. And then every prophet, prophet says, no, no, I can't do this. And then they come to Nabi Muhammad. And he says, it's for me. This is mine. Mine. And then he intercedes. He asks, oh Allah, judge between the creation. This is where, for everybody. The second type is, al-shafa'atul thaniya. The second type is, the intercession that the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, does for the believers. That Allah, tabarakwa ta'ala, puts them in Jannah. These two intercessions are unique for the Prophet. Only. No one else shares it with him. The third intercession. The third intercession is for the Prophet and it is also for other than the Prophet the righteous people, the angels, they all do that third intercession. This third intercession, Ibn Taymiyyah did a mistake in his Aqeetul Wasatiyah, the way he affirmed it. And his student Ibn Al-Qayyim on the Hashi of Tahdeeb al-Sunan, Tahdeeb al-Sunan Abi Dawood, the Hashiya, that he has on it, He corrected his teacher Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim. Which is, Ibn Taymiyyah says the third type of intercession is for the prophets and all the righteous people, which is correct. But he then says the reason why they, um, how they get that intercession is one of two. Ibn Taymiyyah says, Man nara, The one who deserves the hellfire, they will intercede for him not to be taken to the hellfire. And the second thing he says is, وَمَنْ دَخَلَهَا and the one who's already entered the hellfire for Allah to bring it out. And that is not correct. It's only specific to the people who entered the hellfire to bring them out. There's no evidence to show that the believers are going to ask Allah not to take a people who deserve to be taken to the hellfire. Oh Allah, don't take them to the hellfire. There's no evidences for that. Ibn al-Qayyim, he mentions it. Hashiyatu ala tahdeeb sunan Ibn al-Qayyim. And he's stronger than his teacher on this opinion. So what we say is, the third intercession, which is for the Prophet and the believers, and the believers, there is only for a people who've entered Jahannam, who are in Jahannam, who are burning in Jahannam, they are asking Allah for Him to bring those people out. Okay? And they are not stopping a people who deserve to be taken to the hellfire, not to enter it. But the Prophet وسلم, yes, he وسلم, he has an intercession where he what? He asked Allah to not take a group of people to the hellfire. That is for the prophets, but not for us or the believers. Okay? Naam. وتؤمن الفرقة الناجية أهل السنة والجماعة بالقدر خيره وشره والإيمان بالقدر على درجتين كل درجة تتضمن شيئين. 
فالدرجة الأولى الإيمان بأن الله تعالى علم ما الخلق عاملون بعلمه القديم الذي هو موصوف به أزلا وأبدا علم جميع أحوالهم من الطاعات والمعاصي والأرزاق والآجال ثم كتب الله تعالى في اللوح المحفوظ مقادير الخلائق فأول ما خلق الله القلم قال له اكتب قال ما, ما اكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة فما أصاب الإنسان لم يكن ليخطئ وما أخطأه لم يكن ليصيبه جفت الأقلام وطويت السحف كما قال سبحانه وتعالى ألم تعلم أن الله يعلم ما في السماء والأرض إن, ذا إن ذلك في كتاب إن ذلك على الله يسير وقال ما أصاب من مصيبة في الأرض ولا في أنفسكم إلا في كتاب من قبل أن نبرأها إن ذلك على الله يسير وهذا التقدير التابع لعلمه سبحانه وتعالى يكون في مواضع جملة وتفصيلة فقد كتب في اللوح المحفوظ ما شاء فإذا خلق جسد الجنين قبل قبل نفخ الروح فيه بعث إليه ملكا فيؤمر بأربع كلمات بكتب رزقه وأجله وعمله وشقي أم سعيد ونحو ذلك فهذا القدر قد كان ينكره غلاة القدرية القديمة ومنكره اليوم قليل وأما الدرجة الثانية فهي مشيئة الله النافذة وقدرته الشاملة وهو الإيمان بأن ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن وأنه ما في السماوات ولا في الأرض من حركة ولا سكون إلا بمشيئة الله سبحانه وتعالى لا يكون في ملكه ما لا يريد وأنه سبحانه وتعالى على كل شيء قدير من الموجودات والمعدومات فما من مخلوق في السماوات ولا في الأرض إلا الله خالقه سبحانه لا خالد لا خالق غيره ولا رب سواه ومع ذلك فقد أمر العباد بطاعة وطاعة رسله ونهاهم عن معصيته وهو سبحانه يحب المتقين والمحسنين والمقسدين ويرضى عن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ولا يحب الكافرين ولا يرضى عن القوم الفاسقين ولا يأمر بالفحشاء ولا يرضى لعباده الكفر ولا يحب الفساد والعباد فاعلون حقيقة والله خالق أفعالهم والعبد هو المؤمنون والكافر والكافر والبر والفاجر والمصلي والصائم والعباد قد قدرة على أعمالهم ولهم إرادة والله والله خالقهم وخالق قدرتهم وإرادتهم كما قال لمن شاء منكم أن يستقيم وما تشاءون إلا أن يشاء الله رب العالمين فهذه الدرجة من القدر يكذب بها العامة القدرية الذين سماهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مجوز هذه الأمة ويغلو فيها قوم من أهل الإثبات حتى سلبوا العبد قدرة واختياره ويخرجوا عن أفعال الله وأحكامه حكمها ومصالحها the author, rahimahullah, he now, go, he now goes into the sixth article of faith, the Ar-Ruknu Sadis min Arkanil Iman, which is an tu'mina bil qadr, to believe in the qadr. And the qadr is two levels. Okay, it's what? The qadr is two levels. Ad-darajatu sabiqa wuqu'a al-muqaddar. It is something that su- it surpasses. It, is, it surpasses before the occurrence of this particular issue. Before this thing that's going to happen happens, this qadr came before it. I mean, the, uh, the qadr came before it, before it, it occurred. And this is two types. Ilmullahi, Allah's knowledge, and kitabatahu, and it being written. It surpasses this event happening. This particular event happening, Allah's knowledge surpasses it. And Allah knew it before it. And it was also written. 
and it was also written. And the second level of the Qadr is It accompanies the happening of the Qadr. It accompanies it. And that's two, which is Mashi'atullah, Allah's will, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah tabarak wa ta'ala's creating of the Qadr. These two is accompanies the happening of the Qadr. So the Qadr is how many levels? It is four levels. The first one is Al-Ilmu, knowledge. And the second one is Al-Kitabah. It's all written. Those two, they happen. They, Allah already knew, subhanahu wa ta'ala, before you were even born, before you even came into existence. It was all written way before you came into existence. Wal-Mashi'ah, the will, which is the third, and the fourth one, which, which is Wal-Khalqu, creating. Allah's Mashi'ah, the will of Allah, ta'ala, and the Khalq, are, they accompany the happening of the Qadr. They accompany it. That's why it's happening now. Allah wills it to happen. And Allah is creating the happening of this Qadr right now, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's creating it. Allah created you and that which you do. Okay? So it's in these four levels. Al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe all of those four. They believe it. And the Qadr, brothers, is the secret of Allah wa ta'ala. It's a secret. Not everybody can fathom and understand it. And again, we have to know the restriction of our minds that it's restricted. That we're not able to comprehend everything. We can't digest everything. Because our minds are limited. So what do we, do we say? We know that Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, He created everything that's happening around us. And everything that's happening, is happening based on the will of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And we also know everything is written. And we also believe that all of it is happening with the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ومن أصول الفرقة الناجية أن الدين والإيمان قول وعمل قول القلب واللسان وعمل القلب واللسان والجوارح وأن الإيمان يزيد بالطاعة وينقص بالمعصية وهم مع ذلك لا يكفرون أهل القبلة من مطلق المعاصي والكبائر كما يفعله الخوارج بل الأخوة الإيمانية ثابتة مع المعاصي كما قال سبحانه في آية القصاص قصاص فمن عفي له من أخيه شيء فاتباع بالمعروف وقال وإن طائفتان من المؤمنين اقتتلوا فأصلحوا بينهما فإن بغت إحداهما على الأخرى فقاتلوا التي تبغي حتى تفيء إلى أمر الله فإن فات فأصلحوا بينهما بالعدل وأقصتوا إن الله يحب المقصتين إنما المؤمنون إخوة لا يسلبون الفاسق الملي الاسم الإيمان بالكلية ولا يخلدونه في النار كما تقول المعتزلة بل الفاسق يدخل في الاسم الإيمان في مثل قوله تعالى فتحرير رقبة مؤمنة وقد لا يدخل في اسم الإيمان المطلق كما قال في كما في قوله تعالى إنما المؤمنون الذين إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم وقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزني الزاني حين يزني وهو مؤمن ولا يسرق السارق حين يسرق وهو مؤمن ولا يشرب القمر حين يشربها وهو مؤمن ولا ينتهب نهبة ذات شرف يرفع الناس إليه فيها فيها أبصارهم حين ينتهبها وهو مؤمن ويقولون هو مؤمن ناقص الإيمان أو مؤمن بإيمانه فاسق بكبيرته ولا يعت الاسم المطلق ولا يسلب المطلق الاسم. The author, rahimahullah, he goes into a mas'ala known as Masailul Asma'i Wal Ahkam. 
names and rulings now. We're going to go into names and rulings. The term Al-Iman and Al-Kufr. These are very important terms because the first groups that went against Ahlul Sunnah, the Khawarij, this is where they went wrong. What does Al-Iman mean? What is the meaning of Al-Iman? What takes a person out of Al-Iman? Does the Iman increase? Does it decrease? As the poet said, إِمَانُنَا يَزِيدُ بِالطَّاعَاتِ وَنَقْصُهُ يَكُونُ بِالزَّلَّاتِ وَأَهْلُهُ فِيهِ عَلَى تَفَاضُلٍ هَلْ أَنْتَ كَالْأَمْلَاكِ أَوْ كَالْرُسُلِ وَالْفَاسِقِ الْمِلِّيُّ ذُو الْعِسْيَانِ لَمْ يُنْفَ عَنْهُ مُطْلَقُ الْإِيمَانِ Do we believe that Iman increases? Do we believe it decreases? What about the person who does sins? Is it going to harm his Iman? Does it not harm his Iman? These were the early questions that were asked at the time of the Sahabas. And when some people were not able to understand these evidences, they went in the wrong direction. And they spilled blood of the believers and they caused havoc and chaos. So, Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah emphasizes and he says, One of the strong fundamental beliefs of the saved sect is that the Iman brothers is a speech and actions. So he first of all defines for you what Iman is. Iman, brothers, is speech and uh, action. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that. Iman is speech and action. You cannot eliminate one and the other. So, Imanun qawlun wa amal. And we mentioned this in the Sharh al-Sunnah, Imam al-Muzani, that we said that the qawl is two types and the amal is two types. The qawl is two. And the amal is two. The qawl is speech, by the way. The qawl is speech. And the amal is action. So there are two types of speech and there are two types of actions. The two types of speech are lisan, uh, the speech of the tongue. Okay? And the speech of the tongue, brothers, is the pronunciation of the word la ilaha illallah. To say it. So it's the iman. When a person wants to come into Islam, we say lisan. You have to pronounce the word and you have to say it. And then there is Qawlul Qalb is the speech of the heart and the speech of the heart is i'tiqad it is to believe what you just said are we all together? and then we have the amal and the amal is what brothers? amal is actions and within the amal two things fall under there amalul qalb the action of the heart and in the action of the heart is al-mahabba loving Allah ta'ala and al-ragba fearing Allah ta'ala and al-tawakkul all of that and then we have amalul jawarih we have what? amalul jawarih the actions of the the actions of the limbs limbs now and here it is Quran, reciting the Quran, praying, adhkar, all of these things. They are a'mal, jawarih, the actions of the limbs. All of these are iman. Those are the things what iman are. Does iman increase and decrease? Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah believe it increases. And they also believe it decreases. And they say it increases with obedience of Allah. When you obey Allah, your iman increases. And the thing that causes it for it to reduce is the sins that one does. Okay? Then the question here is, what about the one who does a sin? He commits a sin. What's his name? What, what title do we give him? 
since we've affirmed that the iman increases and it decreases, okay, and both parties, the khawarij and the murji'ah, both don't believe the iman decreases or increases. Hence why the khawarij are saying, anything that you do will get rid of your iman is because they don't believe it increases. They believe it's one thing. It's either there or it's missing. And the murji'ah also believe the iman doesn't what? Increase or decrease. So that what they're saying is, whatever you're doing can't do nothing to the iman because we, they, they don't want to take you out of, out of the religion. And so for them it's what? It's not going to increase. Ahl-Sunnah said, no, no, no. Al-Iman Iman increases and it decreases. But the question here is, is, okay, what about this person who's drinking alcohol? This one who's committing zina? This one who's lying? This one, this one? What do we say? What do we call him? He said, it is called, and the name that is given to him is, Fasiqum. He's a Fasiq. And he doesn't have Iman which is Kamil. We don't say that. We don't say his Iman is a complete. Nor do we say he's a disbeliever. So we, we, we get rid of two parties now. We say that his Iman is not increased. It's not 100%. Getting rid of who? The Murji'a. We say that this person who's, who's drinking Khamar, who's drinking Khamar, they're saying that his Iman is 100%. His Iman rather is like the Iman of Jibreel. And Nabi Muhammad is the same. The Murja, that's what they're saying. And the Khawarij is saying he's a disbeliever, Kafir. Ahlus Sunnah are saying what? No. This one who's drinking the alcohol, his Iman is very low. But he's not a Kafir. By them saying that his Iman is low, they're refuting who? The Murja. And by them saying he's not a disbeliever, they are also what? Refuting the Khawarij. And that's why Ahlul Sunnah are in the middle. And that's why the author says, Mu'minun naqisul iman. Or, Mu'minun bi'imani fasiqun bi'kabirati. There's two names that Ahlul Sunnah dispute. What should we call him? Like in these two names that Ahlul Sunnah differ on giving him is not a ikhtilaf al-tabad. It's ikhtilaf al-tanawwur. The wording is just different. It's like the cup is empty, half empty or half, half full. It's the same thing. It's the what? It's the same thing. Some Ahlul Sunnah, they call him Mu'minun Naqisul Iman. He's a Mu'min, his Iman is decreased. And some Ahlul Sunnah, they say Mu'minun Bi'imani Fasiqun Bi'kabirati. Are we all together? The Shaykh says, Fala yu'ta. This person should not be given, he should not be referred to as Al-Ismul Mutlaq. We shouldn't give him Mu'min. A person who's drinking Khamar, you shouldn't say, Wallahi, that Mu'min over there, don't say that. Even though he has Iman, but don't refer to him Mu'min. Because once you say Mu'min, you're saying he's 100% Iman. So what do you refer to him? That Mu'min who's Naqsul Iman. Or Mu'minun bi Imani fasiqun bi kabirati. You have to say all of that. So it's clear that you're saying his Iman is reduced. Are we all together? So the Sheikh says, فَلَا يُعْطَ الْإِسْمَ الْمُطْلَقِ So he's not said Mu'min. وَلَا يُسْلَبُ مُطْلَقُ الْإِسْمِ And also the name is not stripped from him. And you can't say that one kafir. You can't say all that, also that. So you cannot give him the name unrestrictedly, nor can you take it from him unrestrictedly. The author then went on to say, He's still your brother though. That one who's drinking the alcohol, he's still a believer. He's still a brother of yours. That's what he's saying. Because of his sin, the brotherhood doesn't go. He's still your brother. That's what the author's saying. And he said, by taking the brotherhood from him and stripping that from him, 
the author, rahimahullah, alludes to it being the madhab al-khawarij. Are we all together? Stripping that from him, he said that this is the madhab al-khawarij. It's the khawarij that did that. Because the khawarij, the reason why they stripped the, 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 from the brotherhood from him is because they say, ikhwa, that the believers are brothers. This person ain't a believer. Are we all together, brothers? Ahlul Sunnah believe he's still my brother. Even though he's doing all of those sins, he's still my, my brother. Lakin, he's my brother who is Iman is very low. His Iman is very low. Naam. Lakin, pay attention to this. The Murji'ah, I've told you what they say. The Murji'ah, what do they call that person? They call him Mu'min Kamilul Iman. The Khawarij, what do they call that person? Kafirun Billahi Al Azim. What about those are two polar polar sides? What do and the Mu'tazila say? The Mu'tazila they say Manzilatun Bainal Manzilatain. He's not a mu'min nor is he a kafir, he's in the middle. And what is he? Manzilatun Bainal Manzilatain. He's floating in the middle. Are we all together? Lakin, the Mu'tazila, when they are asked, okay, 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 we'll stop, stop, stop. What about the day of judgment? Oh, he's in the hellfire forever. So you and the Khawarij are both the same. The Khawarij believe he's a kafir, he's in the hellfire forever. You, Mu'tazili, believe he's in the hellfire forever. The difference between the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila is what name should that person be given in this dunya? Are we all together? And then the difference between the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij is ikhtilafu, ikhtilaf lafzi. They're only differing in name. What, what name should they give this alcoholic right now? Are we all together? The Mu'tazila will say, manzilatu al manzilatain. The Khariji will say, Kafir. The day of judgment, both of them believe, Khalidan Mukhaladan Finnar. He's in the hellfire eternally. Are we all together? Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah believe what? Mu'minun bi imani. Fasiqun bi kabirati. I'm a mu'minun naqisul iman. He's a mu'min naqisul iman. His iman is very low. Ahlul Sunnah believe the day of judgment, what, what is going to happen to that alcoholic? Ahlul Sunnah believe, Tahta mashi'atillah. It's up to Allah. Insha'afa'an wa insha'adaba. And Ahlul Sunnah went, and they also even believe Ahlul Sunnah that even if he dies with alcohol in his hand, they pray on him. They bury him in the Maqabir al-Muslimin, the burial in the, uh, the places of the Muslims. Are we all together, brothers? Ahlul Sunnah believe that the day of judgment, they don't know where this person is going to be. He might come the day of judgment, and Allah says to him, Did you used to drink alcohol for 40 years? Ha, I forgive you, go to Jannah. If Allah wants, he does that. And if Allah wants, he punishes him for a period of time. But that alcoholic will finally enter Jannah if he died upon La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Because no believer will stay in the hellfire forever. And then this is the summary of what Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe. And this is what these tawa'if and these groups believe. Are we all together? ومن صول أهل السنة والجماعة سلامة قلوبهم والسنتهم لأصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كما وصفهم الله به في كتاب في قوله والذي نجأوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا وليخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم وطاعة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في قوله لا تسب أصحابي فوالذي نفسي بيدي لو أن أحدكم من فق مثل وحد ذهب ما بلغ مد أحدهم ولا نصيفة ويقبلون ما جاء بالكتاب والسنة والإجماع من فضائلهم ومراتبهم 
فيفضلون من أنفق من قبل الفتح وهو صلح الهديبية وقاتل على من أنفق من بعده وقاتل ويقدمون المهاجرين على الأنصار ويؤمنون بأن الله قال لأهل البدر وكانوا ثلاثمائة وبدعة عشر اعملوا ما شئتم فقد غفرت لكم وبأنه لا يدخل النار أحد بايع تحت الشجرة كما أخبر به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بل لقد رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه وكانوا أكثر من ألف وأربعمائة يشهدون بالجنة لمن شهد له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كالعشرة وكثابة ابن قيس بن شماس وغيره من الصحابة يقرون بما تواتر به النقل عن أمير المؤمنين علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وغيره من أن خير هذه الأمنة بعد نبيه أبو بكر ثم عمر ويثلثون بعثمان ويربعون بعلي كما دلت عليه الآثار وكما أجمعت الصحابة على تقديم عثمان في البيعة مع أن بعض أهل السنة كانوا قد اختلفوا في عثمان وعلي بعد اتفاقهم على تقديم أبي بكر وعمر أيهما أفضل فقدم قوم عثمان وسكتوا وربعوا بعلي وقدم قوم عليا وقوم توقفوا لكن استقر أمر أهل السنة على تقديم عثمان ثم علي وإن كانت هذه المسألة مسألة عثمان وعلي ليس من أصوله التي يضلل المخالف فيها يضلل يضلل فيها عند الجمهور العهل السنة لكن المسألة التي يضلل المخالف فيها مسألة الخلافة وكذلك يؤمنون بأن الخليفة بعد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو بكر ثم عمر ثم عثمان ثم علي رضي الله عنهم أجمعين ومن طعن في خلافة أحد من هؤلاء أمام فهو فهو أضل من حمار أهله ويحبون أهل بيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ويتولونهم ويحفظون فيهم وصية رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث قال يوم غدير خم أذكركم الله في أهل بيتي أذكركم الله في أهل بيتي وقد قال أيضا للعباس عمه قد شكى إليه أن بعد قريش يجفو بني هاشم فقال والذي نفسي بيدي لا يؤمنون حتى يحبكم لله ولقرابتي وقال إن إن الله اصطفى إسماعيل واصطفى من بني إسماعيل كنانة واصطفى من كنانة قريش واصطفى من قريش بني هاشم واصطفاني من بني هاشم يتولون أزواج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أمهات المؤمنين ويؤمنون بأنهن أزواجه في الآخرة خصوصا خديجة أم أكثر أولاده وأول من آمن به وعاض وعاضته على أمره وكان لها منه المنزلة العالية والصديقة ابن صديق التي قال فيها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فضل عائشة على النساء كفضل السريد على سائر الطعام ويتبرعون من طريقة الروافض الذين يبغضون الصحابة ويسبونهم وطريقة النواصب الذين يؤذون أهل البيت بقبول بقول أو عمل ويمسكون عما شجر بين الصحابة ويقولون إن هذا الآثار المروية في مساويهم منها ما هو كذب ومنها ما قد زيد فيه ونقص وغير عن وجهه وعامة الصحيح منه هم فيه معذورون إما مجتهدون مصيبون وإما مجتهدون مخطئون وهم مع ذلك لا يعتقدون أن كل واحد من الصحابة معصوم عن كبار الاسم وصغائره واليجوز عليهم الذنوب في الجملة ولهم من السوابق والفضائل ما يجب المغفرة من صدر منهم إن صدر حتى إنهم يغفروا لهم من السيئات ما لا يغفروا لمن بعدهم لأن لهم من الحسنات التي تمحو السيئات ما ليس لمن بعدهم وقد ثبت بقول رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنهم خير القرون وأن مد من أحدهم إذا تصدق به كان أفضل من جبل أحد ذهب ممن من بعدهم ثم إذا كان قد صدر عن أهدهم ذم فيكون قد تاب منهم وأتى بحسن تمحوه أو غفر له بفضل سابه قته أو بشفاعة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي هم حق الناس بشفاعته أو بتلي ببلاء في الدنيا كفر عنه به عنه 
فإذا كان هذا في الذنوب المحققة فكيف الأمور التي كانوا فيها المجتهدين إذا إن أصابوا فلهم أجران وإن يخطئوا فلهم أجر واحد والخطأ مغفور ثم القدر الذي ينكر من من فعل بعضهم قليل النزل مغمور في جنب فضائل القوم ومحاسنهم من الإيمان بالله ورسوله والجهاد في سبيله والهجرة والنصرة وعالم النافع وعمل الصالح والعلم النافع والعمل الصالح ومن نظر في سيرة القوم بعلم وعدل وبصيرة وما من الله به عليهم من فضائل علم يقين أنهم خير القلوب خلق بعد الأنبياء لا كان ولا يكون مثلهم وأنهم هم الصفة من كرون هذه الأمة التي هي خير الأمم وأكرمها عند الله على الله تعالى. The author رحمه الله he goes into another مسألة known as مسائل الصحابة the issues regarding the companions أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and the author رحمه الله he said من أصول أهل السنة والجماعة سلامة قلوبهم وألسنة من أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. One of the عقيدة the strong عقيدة points of أهل السنة is when it comes to the companions, they have, they have a great place in their hearts, in their minds, and on their tongues. They don't say anything evil about the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, nor do they even have any grudges or any problems in their hearts towards the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. They read regarding the companions, their virtues and their levels, and they honor them. And they know that the Sahabas, Allah Taala. Allah Taala hasn't given them one level. The companions are not the same. Just like the prophets and the messengers are not the same. As Allah said in the Quran, We gave some prophets virtue over others. So then some of the prophets are better than other prophets. Then the same applies to the companions. Some of the companions are better than the companions. The companions are categorized into 10 levels. They are categorized into 10 levels. The highest of them is and the tabaqatul ula. The first level is al-khulafa'il rashidun. The four rightly guided caliphate. Al-khulafa'il rashidun al-arba'a. Abu Bakr. And they are chronologically in this order. Abu Bakr. Thumma Umar. Thumma Uthman. Thumma Ali. They are like this. And the author, rahimahullah, he mentioned there is a dispute who is better Ali or Uthman there, there was a dispute let's not dismiss that who is more virtuous Uthman or Ali there did occur some khilaf the author mentioned that some of them they said Uthman is better and some said Ali is better and the Sheikh said this issue of who's better even that though it is not ليست من الأصول التي يضلل فيه المخالف it is not from the issues where you would label the person who holds whatever side he does you can't say you're misguided you are treacherous, misguided, innovator you can't say that to the person because it's a mas'ala ahl sunnah at the early time differed upon who's more virtuous, Uthman or, or Ali لكن the Sheikh said what you can't dispute one another you cannot argue with one another is the Khilafah of Uthman and its legitimacy. If somebody says that Uthman's Khilafah was, illegit it was illegitimate and it was wrong, it was meant to be Fa'ali, and I don't believe in the Khilafah of Uthman, then Yudallal is considered to be misguided and he is then seen as an innovator. Okay? Like in who's more virtuous? They did differ amongst themselves. That's what the author, Rahimullah, is saying. 
The second level when it comes to the companions is the other six remaining from the ten that were promised Jannah are alive like Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas Sa'id ibn Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufaylin and Abdul Rahman ibn Awfin and Abu Ubaidah Amr ibn Jarrah Talha ibn Ubaidillah Zubair ibn Awam all of whom are from the Muhajirin the, the ten that were promised Jannah all of them were Muhajirin okay the third level is the third level is the early ones that came into Islam who believed in Allah and believed in the Prophet before the migration to or the conquest of Mecca. Okay? Or sorry, before the migration to Medina. Before even Medina was done, sorry. Before what? Before what? Medina correction before they even migrated to Medina the ones who believed are the most virtuous one who believed in the Prophet and Dar al-Arqam who were being the ones that went to Abyssinia those are the best people then number four is As-Sabiqoon al-Awwaloona min al-Ansari mimman amanu qabla al-Hijrah the Ansar who believed in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before he migrated remember before the Prophet migrated there were people from the Ansar who gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they accepted Islam before the Prophet even migrated. Those ones are more virtuous in fourth place. The fifth place is Man Amana Ba'd al Hijrah. Those who believed in him after the Hijrah wa qabla min al Muhajirina. And even before the Battle of Badr. And then number six is Man Amana Ba'd al Hijrah. Those who believed after the Hijrah wa qabla min al Ansar. So the, sixth, the fifth one was who? Those who believed in the Prophet before the Hijrah and before the Battle of Badr from the Muhajirin. And number six is those who believed in the Prophet and his message before the migration and before the Battle of Badr from the Ansar. Number seven, those who believed after the Battle of Badr and before the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah from the Muhajirin. And the eighth, Man Amana, those who believed after the Battle of Badr. And before the Treaty of Hudaybiyah from the Ansar. Number nine, the ones who believed before. Sorry, number nine, the ones who believed after the conquest of Mecca from the Muhajirin. And the tenth one is those who believed after the conquest of Mecca from the Ansar and other than them. Those are the ten levels. That Al Izm Abdi Salam, Izm Abi, sorry, Sharih Al Attahawi, what's his name? Zuddiya? Ibn Abi Al Izm Al Hanafi. Yeah? Meaning the people of Mecca. Meaning the people of Mecca. Yeah? The ninth one is those who believed after the conquest of Mecca from the Muhajirin. Remember the Prophet even though he did the conquest of Mecca, some of them they migrate, migrated with him after the conquest of Mecca, like Abu Sufyan and others. Sahih? They migrated after that. So they're the Muhajirin, the people of Mecca. Those ten are the levels. Ahlul Sunnah believe those ten levels. And the author, Rahimullah, mentioned them. Now. Also, the author, Rahimullah, spoke about the disputes that happened between the companions. There was issues that occurred between the companions, brothers. Khilafat happened between them. Okay? 
What about these stories that we hear? And some of the things that we read in the, in the event that happened between Ali and Muawiyah and what took place. Ibn Taymiyyah divided those issues that were mentioned in those books into three stages. This is very important. This is important. These issues that are a slander and that criticize the companions that are narrated in the books, Ibn Taymiyyah divided it into three. He said the first one is ma huwa kadibun. Things that are forged, fabricated lies in and within itself. It doesn't have no basis. It was made up. The second one is those which do exist, but they were exaggerated a bit more. It was being exaggerated. It's been pushed to what it wasn't. It was being exaggerated. Some basis of truth might be there, but it was exaggerated. Are we all together, brothers? Um, these two that I just mentioned, which is that which has been made up, just the whole story and everything's been made up. It's just forged. It's never even took place. And some things which have been twisted. There's, there's a, it did happen, but not like that. It's been added, or some things were taken out. Okay? Like, for example, did Muawiyah and Ali have a conflict? Without a shadow of a doubt, there was. Now, there is a dispute about that. There's, that's truth. But was it because Muawiyah was running after leadership and he wanted a position, and Ali was trying to fight with him based on position? Now, this is a twisted story. Are we all together, brothers? These stories, which are either lies, baseless, never happened at all, or that which did happen, but it's been twisted and it's been turned to the wrong direction, you generally find them in the books of history. Okay, you're generally going to find those stories in the books of Tarikh and the books of Akhbar. And these books, historical books, they don't look for authenticity. Their job is not look, look to look for authenticity. Is it sahih or is it not? Is it, has, it, has it got a base or not? Even if the, the author of that book is an imam in hadith, he won't apply that when it comes to when it comes to the events that happen, he will just mention it, whether it's authentic or not. Like the tarikh of Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, Ibn Jarir wrote everything. nadar of whether it's sahih or not. And he mentioned that in the beginning, I'm going to mention fabricated, made up, lies, everything that's going to be here. Are we all together? And the reason why they used to do that was because that time the people were students of knowledge, they, the people of knowledge, ilm, understanding, they read a book, they knew what was right, what was wrong, what was made up. They look at the chain, they know the narrators. Like in now, everyone, because an author wrote in his book, it's all sahih. Only they read the introduction and saw what the author was saying before he even went into the book. The third type of these issues that criticize and slander the companions, the third type is that which is sahih. Okay, those which are sahih, they are authentic, but, but them being authentic and them being sahih, these issues are issues we will say that the sahabas were ma'dhurun, they are excused for it. Okay, these mistakes and these shortcomings, they are excused for it. Why? Because they were doing ijtihad. They were doing ijtihad. Ijtihad means independent reasoning. They believed that this was getting them closer to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. This was them. Are we all together, brothers? Thinking, believing this to be the haqq and the truth. So these are mujtahidun mukhti'un ama mujtahidun musibun. We say either they are those who strove and got it wrong, and those who strove who got it right. Are we all together? So the, these companions, we say, فَهُمْ بَيْنَ الْأَجْرَيْنِ وَأَجْرُونَ 
they're either between two ajr, which are the ones who got it right, and the ones who got it wrong, they get what? One. Because we know the Prophet ﷺ said, If the person does ijtihad and he gets it wrong, okay, what does he get? He gets a reward. And if he gets it right, how much does he get? He gets two. So the Sahabas, we say that they are between they are between two ajr or one ajr. Al-Sunnah believe that. And it's... Are we all together? It's not from our belief, Aslan. If a person comes up to me and says, but Ali, Muawiyah, look what he did here. You still can't prove to me that Muawiyah is not a companion. And you still can't prove to me that Muawiyah is in the hellfire. And you still can't prove to me that Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu is uh, in the hellfire. All you've proven to me is that Muawiyah did a mistake and he's غير معصوم وهذا من عقيدتنا. We already believe that the Sahabas are غير معصوم. That they are not free from errors and mistakes. Are we all together brothers? Ahlul Sunnah don't believe that the Sahabas are معصوم. They don't do no mistakes and that they're free from mistakes. We don't believe that. But it can occur from them. It can happen from them. لكن the forgiveness that they deserve, I'm asking for forgiveness that the believer deserves in the mistake he does, the Sahabas, they deserve it as well. And that's why Allah said in the ayah, وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا غْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ That the believers, what they are known for is, they ask forgiveness for their Lord, first of all, for themselves, and then they ask Allah forgiveness for what? For their brothers who preceded them in good. Are we all together, brothers? Ibn Taymiyyah pointed that out. Now, ومن أصول أهل السنة التصديق بكرامات الأولياء وما يجري الله على أيديهم من خوارق العادات في أنواع العلوم والمكاشفات وأنواع القدرة والتأثيرات كالمأثور عن سالف الأمة في سورة الكهف وغيرهما وعن صدر هذه الأمة من الصحابة والتابعين وسائر قرون الأمة وهي موجودة فيها إلى يوم القيامة أهل السنة والجماعة believe in كرامات الأولياء أهل السنة believe in that we believe the idea and the concept of that the allies and the awliya of Allah, they have karamat. What does a karama mean? Karama is ayatun azimatun tadullu ala salahil abdi. It's a sign, rather a great sign, to show the piety and the nobility of this particular individual. That's what karamat, karama means. Ahlul Sunnah believe in it. Lakin Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'a believe. The karama is for for who? Who who has karamat? They believe it's for what? Kullu mu'minin taqi. Every mu'min who has taqwa. It's not for a particular lineage, where the father passes it over to his son and then son. T- it's not it's not like that, and it's not restricted to the men only. And the women don't have it. The awliya can be from the women as well, and then they can be from the men as well. And the sign to know that this is a karama min al-karamat is that this person is known to have taqwa. It's taqwa. He's a righteous individual. A righteous, noble individual. A person who doesn't pray. And he's married to his maharim. As some of these people who call themselves awliya, they're married to their maharim. Maharim meaning some of them are married to their own daughters. And they're married to their own granddaughters. 
صح حق that's true it does and then they call themselves karamatul awliya we'll say you're not a wali you're shaytanul mariq you have nothing to do with karamat here are we all together and then you can't say to the people look these guys are against the awliya of Allah this no and oh there are in the books of Islam a'imma a'imma a great imam that did karamat nuqila it was transmitted I don't know its authenticity and I didn't look more into it but it was mentioned that Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, the author of the Kitab al-Mughni, once walked on water. Nuqil. Are we all together? Nuqil. They transmitted something like that. This is not to disbelieve in it. It could happen. could happen. If the, if the person has iman and taqwa and he comes with this, we won't say he works with shayateen. Are we all together? And his aqeedah sahihah. I mean, aqeedah al-sunnah is to believe in this. And it could happen. But it doesn't happen for everybody. It doesn't what? It doesn't happen for everybody. And the karamat, brothers, it's not a dala'ilun nubuwa. It has nothing to do with prophecy. Seeing this doesn't mean this person is a prophet in any way, shape, or form. And there are characteristics to know that a person is a wili, mean awliya ilahi, that the ummah can unanimously agree to. Nowadays we find people who have no aql or they're majaneen or they've thrown their clothes off and they're walking on the streets, they are called awliya of Allah in some countries and some places. He's naked, he's got no clothes on, he's lost it. And everybody's saying, the wali, the wali. Are we all together? This is playing around with the ayat and the terms that the sharia gave. Are we all together, brothers? The person who's been given the karamat, two things Allah gives with. The karamat happens in two ways. The first one is, This person has knowledge of some issues, and Allah opens some things for him that the rest of the people just don't get. This can be from the karamat. The second thing is Allah might give them ability in some things that no one else gets. Allah gives them something unique. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. They affirm them. But they also fight against the khurafat. Are we all together? They don't accept khurafat, but they accept the karamat. Ahlussunnah. There are books that are written in it. Read it in more extensive details. Inshallah ta'ala, you'll find more about how it works and what it is. And inshallah ta'ala. From the examples of the karamat of the uliya, from them is la shaka wa la raib, ashabul kahf. Ashabul kahf were not prophets. So Shaykh al-Islam Taymi's evidence is look at ashabul kahf, what happened for them? This la shaka wa la raib, we believe in that, do we not? That's the evidence of the karamatul awliya. They were righteous people. Are we all together? And also some of the prophets, uh, sorry, the, some of the companions, and some of the tabi'in, and some of the early generations, some of them had karamat that were mentioned for them in their biographies. Some of the scholars state that they had it. Are we all together, brothers? Like Awais al-Qarani. They said he had some things like that. Naam. ثم من طريق أهل السنة والجماعة اتباع أثار رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم باطنا وظاهرا واتباع سبيل السابقين الأولين من المهاجرين والأنصار واتباع وصية رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث قال عليكم بسنة وسنة خلفاء الراشدين المهديين من بعدي تمسكوا بها وعضوا عليها بالنواجذ وإياكم محدثات الأمور فإن كل بدعة ضلالة ويعلمون أن أصدق الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فيؤثرون كلام الله على غيره من كلام أصدق 
أصناف الناس ويقدمون هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم على هدي كل أحد ولهذا سموا أهل الكتاب والسنة وسموا أهل الجماعة لأن الجماعة هي الاجتماع ضدها الفرقة وإن كان لفظ الجماعة وقد صار اسما لنفس لنفس القوم المجتمعين والاجماع هو أصل الثالث الذي يعتمد فيه العلم والدين وهو وهم يزينون بهذه الأصول الثلاثة لجميع ما عليه الناس من أقوال وأعمال باطنة وظاهرة مما له تعلق بالدين والإجماع الذي ينضبط هو ما كان عليه السلف الصالح إذ بعدهم, إذ بعدهم كثر اختلاف وانتشرت الأمة The author رحمه الله He now goes into where do the أهل السنة والجماعة take their religion from Remember this أهل السنة they take their religion from three sources. Pay attention to this. Al-Sunnati wal-Jama'ah, they take their religion from three sources. Al-Quran, Allah. The second way, the place they take their religion from is An-Sunnati Rasulillah, from the Sunnah of the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam. Whatever the Prophet said, they take it. Because Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, commanded us in many places, قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Allah says in another ayah, اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من ربكم ولا تتبعوا من دونه أولياء قليلا ما تذكرون. Allah says in another ayah, فلا وربك لا يؤمنون حتى يحكموك فيما شجر بينهم ثم لا يجدوا في أنفسهم حرجا مما قضيت ويسلموا تسليما. In another ayah, Allah says, إنما المؤمنون الذين إنما المؤمنون الذين إذا دعوا إلى الله ورسوله ليحكم بينهم أن يقولوا سمعنا وأطعنا. Allah says in another ayah, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ In another ayah, Allah says, فَلَا وَرَبِّ Allah says in another ayah, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ in another ayah, Allah says, وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُسْلِهِ جَانَّ مُوَزَاءَةْ مَصِيرًا Ayat which were commanded to obey Allah and His Messenger. وَأَطِعُ اللَّهُ وَأَطِعُ الرَّسُولَ If we dispute one another and we have differences, Allah Taala says, so whenever they have an issue, they run back to the Qur'an or the Sunnah. Whenever they have an issue, they bring it back to those two. And they go back to the consensus. Third thing they go back to is the ijma' of the early generation. And the ijma' that comes after that. Even that though Ibn Taymiyyah said, The ijma' that can really be claimed is the ijma' of the salaf al-salih. The ijma' that happened after that, Ibn Taymiyyah is saying it's hard to claim it. So there's a difference between him saying عسيرون, that the ijma' is hard to claim after the early generation than him saying that there, is, there can't be no ijma' after the, early, after the early generation. There can be. But he's just saying that it's hard to claim it. And brothers, one of the great characteristics of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is when they read the Quran, when they read the Sunnah, they go back to the early three generation and they say, what did they say regarding this verse? What did they say regarding this hadith? This is a great characteristics of theirs so they don't read the Quran and the Sunnah on their own understanding or the understanding of their Shaykh and what he said they understand the Quran and the Sunnah that which the early generation understood it and how they interpreted the verse 
because of their heart being clearer, their, their qalb being greater than us, their intent of Islam being better than us. Ahlul Sunnah, that's what they do. So you don't see them saying, I said, I believe, I think, me and my, we revise. Sometimes you hear some groups, they say, we revised our, our ethos and our, uh, the jama'ah, what is upon, yeah? We revised our, what, what aqeedah do you need to revise? Isn't, wasn't it not taken from the Quran and the Sunnah? What, what did you need to revise about your aqeedah? Huh? What did you need to renew and uh, develop and reform? And it doesn't need that. Are we all together, brothers? Aqeedah doesn't change. And it won't change until the Day of Judgment. Just go back to the Quran and the Sunnah. And just because the time changed, doesn't mean the aqeedah changes with it. And it, it, it revolves around that. And they also stay away from the newly invented matters. One of the things Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are known for is al-ibti'adu an muhdatati umur. Whenever something newly invented is, set, is brought, they don't want to be part of that. They believe in al-amr al-awwal, the thing that was there, that the Prophet was pleased with. The, night, the day that the Prophet stand, stood up and he said to the people, have I conveyed Islam to you? And the people said, the companion said, yes, O Messenger of Allah, you did. And then the Prophet said, Allahumma fashhad, oh Allah be my witness that I conveyed Islam to them. That's the Islam that Ahlul Sunnah want to be upon. Not something that when they come the day of judgment and then the Prophet sees them walking and then they get turned away from the Prophet and then the Prophet says my people, my people and it, was, and it's, and it said to him Muhammad you don't know what these people have introduced after you left are we all together brothers? some of the early generation some of the Salaf al-Salih the early generation they saw a group of people and they said Wallahi Ibn Sahabas were saying this they were saying this to the Tabi'een they were saying to him, Wallah, Ibn Abi Muhammad came. And the early Sahabas, if they were to come, and they looked at you guys, they wouldn't recognize from your Islam except your Salah. Everything else has changed now. Bit by bit. If the Sahabas were saying that to the Tabi'een, what would they say that if they saw this time and how it's become? Naam. ثم هم مع هذه الوصول يأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر وعلى ما توجبه الشريعة ويرون إقامة الحج والجهاد والجمع والعياد مع أمراء أبراء كان كانوا أم فجار أو فجار ويحافظون على الجماعات ويدينون بالنصيحة للأمة ويعتقدون معنى قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمن للمؤمن كالبنيان يشد بعضه بعضا وشبك بعض بين أصابعه صلى الله عليه وسلم وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم مثل المؤمنين في دوادهم وتراحمهم وطعاتفهم كمثل الجسد الواحد إذا اشتكى منه عدوا تداعى له سائر الجسد بالحمى تداعى 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 له سائر الجسد إذا اشتكى منه عدو إذا اشتكى منه عدو تداعى له سائر الجسد بالحمى والسهر ويأمرون بالصبر عند البلاء والشكر عند الرخاء والرضا بمر القضاء ويدعون إلى مكارم الأخلاق ومحاسن الأعمال ويعتقدون معنى قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خلقا ويندبون إلى أن تصل من قطعك وتعطي من حرمك وتعطي تعفو عن من ظلمك ويأمرون بالبر, الو... بالبر الوالدين وصلة الأرحام وحسن 
جوار وإحسان إلى اليتامى والمساكن وابن السبيل والرفق بالمملوء وينهون عن الفخر والخيالاء والبغي والاستطالة على الخلق بحق أو بغير حق ويأمرون بمعالي الأخلاق وينهون عن سفسافها وكل ما يقولونه ويفعلونه من هذا أو غيره فإنما هم في متبعون للكتاب والسنة وطريقتهم هي دين الإسلام الذي بعثه الله, بعث الله به محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم لكن لما أخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن أمته ستفترق على ثلاث وسبعين فرقة كلها في النار إلا واحدة وهي الجماعة وفي حديث عنه أنه قال هم من كان على مثل ما أنا عليه اليوم وأصحابي صار المتمسكون بالإسلام المحد الخالص يعني الشوب هم أهل السنة والجماعة وفيهم الصديقون والشهداء والصالحون ومنهم أعلام الهدى ومصابيح الدجا أولو المناقب المأثورة وفضائل المذكورة وفيهم الأبدال ومنهم الأئمة الذين أجمع المسلمون على هدايتهم ودرايتهم وهم الطائفة المنصورة التي قد قال فيهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزال طائفة من أمة ظاهرين على الحق لا يضرهم من خالفهم ولا من خذلهم حتى تقوم الساعة فنسأل الله العظيم أن يجعلنا منهم وأن لا يزيغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هدانا ويهب لنا من لدنه رحمة إنه هو الوهاب الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلواته على خير خلقه محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم The author رحمه الله then said أهل السنة والجماعة From their أصول is that they call to the good and they prohibit the evil They believe in the hadith من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيدي فإن لم يستطع فبلساني فإن لم يستطع فبقلبي وذلك أضعف الإيمان كنتم خير أمة أخرجت للناس تأمرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر وتؤمنون بالله ولتكن منكم أمة يدعون إلى الخير ويأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر that they call to the good and they prohibit the evil because they want good for everybody and they want evil to be protected from everybody so their advice is sincere so they to call to the good and they also tell the people to stay away from the harm and the problems there is ويرون they also see أهل السنة إقامة الحج والجهاد they believe Establishing Sha'air al-Zahira, the outer Islamic symbols like Al-Hajj, Al-Jihad, Al-Jum'i, Al-A'yad, the Friday congregation, the Eid festival. They believe all of that should be done with Ma'al Umara, with the leaders, and that the people should unite under that leader. Whether he's an oppressive leader and he's tyrannical, the author says, or whether he's a person who is fair and just and the people love him. doesn't matter these outer symbols of Islam they should be done on the leader so there's no corruption and there's no harm caused and uh, uh, division amongst the Muslims that everybody just doesn't come I can't be bothered to pray behind him and they stay at home and then this leads to disunity and then the leader later and the people come at each other and then problems come from this Ahlul Sunnah don't see that Ahlul Sunnah are known for sincere advice They advise the leader as they advise the people. And they believe the statement of the Prophet where the Prophet said, that Ahl-Sunnah believe that the believers are brothers. They strengthen one another. They don't forget their brothers who are suffering around the world, who are going through hardship. They go through that pain with them. As the Prophet وسلم, he said in a hadith, مثل المؤمنين في توادهم وتراحمهم وتعاطفهم كمثل جسد واحد إذا اشتكى منه عضو تداعى سائر الجسد بالسهر والحمى أهل السنة والجماعة they know what's going around the world and they're aware of these problems سرا وعلانين privately when they are alone at night they 
raise their hands to Allah and they beg Allah to uplift the harm and the hardship that their Muslim brothers are suffering from. They also financially help their brothers and sisters to take them out of the problem that they are. They give by sending them food and shelters. Ahl Sunnah are not absent from all of this. They only sit in a room, read books. They don't do that. They are fully aware of what is around them. And that pain that's happening to those Muslims, the Prophet ﷺ referred to it as what? Like one body. That every part of your body is suffering. Like if you have a problem in your finger, your whole entire body is aware of it. That's what the hadith means. And you won't sleep. Your eyes won't sleep if your finger is hurting you. The same way it is when you look at the situation of what's happening to the Muslims and how they are. But when they come to the people, they tell them to be patient. These calamities, be patient with it. And when the people are enjoying themselves, they tell them to come with gratitude. And they tell the people to be pleased. The painful destiny and things that they go through. Ahl-Sunnah call the people to good manners and good etiquettes. And they tell them to do good actions. Stay away from filthy actions. And Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that the person who has the completest Iman is who? Ahsanuhum khuluqa. The one that has the best manners. It's amazing that the Shaykh, rahimahullah, after talking about Aqeedah, he brings it back to manners. And it's sad today that you see people who would claim We are upon the Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah. We believe in what Ta'ifatul Mansura believe. We are Ahlul Sunnah. We are Ta'ifatul Mansura. But when you speak to them, all you hear from their mouth is Radha'il, things that's not befitting, things that are not what a Muslim should say, or in a way that a Muslim shouldn't talk. You hear that from them. This really is a misunderstanding of what the Mu'taqad of Ahlul Sunnah is. And we've seen this twice, brothers. We've seen it in this book right now, Aqeedatul Asatiyah, and we also see it, saw it in what? Sharh Sunnah Imam Muzani, Rahimahullah. They command the people to be obedient towards their parents. And they tell them that the rights of your parents and where they stand and that the day of judgment, where you're going to be by being kind and gentle towards your mother and your father. Ahl-Sunnah are not absent from all of that. They are also what? Silatul Arham, keeping the ties of kinship and the family members. Whenever you learn the religion and you become practicing, you are more closer to your family and helping them and aiding them. Silatul Arham. Walidhalika is sad. It's really sad and I've seen this on many occasions. I haven't seen it here, alhamdulillah, but I saw it back from where I came from, the UK. That a mother once came up to me and she said to me, when my son wasn't praying and he wasn't fasting and he wasn't doing righteous actions, he was actually more better for me and he was kind to me. He was soft to me. He was nice to me. Now that he's wearing a thobe, he's practicing, he is in the masjid, disrespect, belittles me, puts me down. You see? So it's not the case. The more you learn, the more your manners grows. The more your manners grows. And the more your obedience towards your parents grows. And the way your family members, your arham, the qaraba, you're well aware of them. Wahusul jiwar, your neighbors. You're very gentle towards the orphans. The poor people, you're aware of their situation. The traveler, you take care of them. And you're also gentle to those who are owned. Ahlul Sunnah warn one another from being arrogant and boasting and bragging. Wal khuyala showing off and arrogance. Wal baghi transgression. Wal istitala ta'ala al khalq. Thinking you're higher than everyone else. See, does, this all goes against the mu'taqad of Ahlul Sunnah. Bihaqin or bighayri haqqin. By the way, you have to understand Ibn Taymiyyah when he's writing this, he's been through so much. 
Rahimahullah ta'ala. Nine times he'd been put in prison. He died in prison, Rahimahullah ta'ala. As soon as they, they say historically in his tarikh, there was not a time he went to prison except that the government and the system was always against him. Except one time in Egypt when he got arrested. The leader was on his side. And when the leader came into power, the first thing that the leader did was the leader himself came from his qasr, from his building, from his base. And he came to Ibn Taymiyyah in prison. And he, uh, he opened the door for him. And he brought him out with his ministers. You, know, you can imagine this. If it was this time, news reports would have... Ibn Taymiyyah got taken out. Guess what he was asked as soon as he came out? Hey, what about the people put you in prison? What should we do with them? You know what he said? These people, he said, they are ulama to a group of people. They are scholars to their communities and their people. I don't think they should be humiliated by being dragged into prison. I don't think they should do that. He said, لَقَدْ حَلَلْتُ I have freed my rights for every Muslim. No, anyone who harmed me, anyone who caused me pain, suffering, anyone who put me through turmoil and whatever did to me, they are free. And remember that time, the Qadil Qudat and the leader of that time and the justice, ministry of justice and everything, they wrote a letter that he should be executed. Death. Are we all together? One of them, he said, Kill Ibn Taymiyyah and I will speak for your behalf, on your behalf the day of judgment. Kill him. Qadil Qudat did it. Zamlakani. Are we all together, brothers? And you know what they said? When they saw what he said, he said, none of them should be touched. None of them. He said, I have issues of religion against them, not personal. It's not personal. It's deen. No source, adillah that they misunderstood. Are we all together? You know, this kitab, Al-Aqeet Al-Wasatiyah, go to the Majmu'ul Fatawa. The, there's a debate on this book. I didn't mention it because of the time. There was a munadaratun Al-Aqeet Al-Wasatiyah. Ibn Taymiyyah was disputed with, they said, you believe in blasphemous things. What you believe in is ridda and deen in Islam. Ibn Taymiyyah said, well, how do I believe that? They said, you believe this and this and that. And he got his aqid wasatiyah. First he said, if I tell you my aqidah now, they said, no, we don't want to hear it from you now. You're going to change it. He said, okay, what about if I give you a book that has on it my aqidah before this whole debate was prepared? What do you guys think? He said, okay. He gave them his aqid wasatiyah. He said, this is my aqidah. Let's argue over this. Are we all together about this? After he finished the aqid wasatiyah, Ibn Taymiyyah said to them, I don't see you guys to be disbelievers and I don't see you guys to be innovators. I see you guys as ignorant people. I excuse you guys for ignorance. I excuse you guys for ignorance. Wallahi, what you guys believe. If I was to believe it, I would not be a Muslim. Are we all together, brothers? I excuse you guys for ignorance. The whole debate, by the way, is in his Majmu'ul Fatawa. It's written how it happened, what they said to him and what he responded, what they said, what he responded. It's all written. Read it. Anyways, this was a man who Allah raised him because of that. He was mukhlis, sincere. And no personal agenda, no hidden thing in his heart towards the people. It was this religion. And Allah raised him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and his speech. Are we all together, brothers? Ibn Taymiyyah is the most quoted man in, in Islam today. Sahih? And there was a time his books were banned. They were banned. If you were caught with his books, you were sentenced. If you read the story and the history of how his works were collected, you'll be shocked. People buried it in the earth. And then when the leader died, they undug it from the earth. 
his students at dark and in night they used to copy his works and what he said are we all together brothers this was, it was banned it was not allowed and look at it now today it's one of the most it's rare that you buy a book except you see his view leave that to Allah you just come with sincerity and the truthfulness of the religion command the people to come with the best of manners and they tell the people to stay away from bad manners whatever they command the people they do it themselves and their religion is the religion Allah sent Nabi Muhammad with if you would see their action now and what the Prophet was doing you see, subhanAllah, so same. It's, it's actually same. They, they don't change Ahlul Sunnah. Ah. When the groups all went after the Prophet died, people started going different ways. They're the only ones who just remained. They didn't go right or left. They just were consistent. And that consistency is, is present till today. Ahl-Sunnah amongst them are martyrs. Amongst them are truthful ones. And amongst them are righteous ones. They have imams and then the general mass. Ahl-Sunnah not all was ulama. They are general mass. Upon aqidah to Ahl-Sunnah to al-Jama'ah. and we ask Allah that he brings and he gives to us from himself mercy. Allah is the one who gifts and gives. And praises to Allah. Inshallah ta'ala, tomorrow we're going to start the kitab al-durar al-bahiyya fil masail al-fiqhiyya by Muhammad ibn Ali al-Shawkani. And yesterday we all agreed, those who were away were away, but we made the decision that we're going to teach Kitab al-Salah. Okay? So we're going to do Kitab al-Salah. You're going to learn how to pray from the Kitab al-Durar al-Bahiyya fil Masail al-Fiqiyya by Muhammad Ali Shawkani. Your copy of the book will come through, inshallah, tomorrow. So pick it up and come here straight away. Tell anyone who um, you know from your families to come and learn how to pray, inshallah, ta'ala. And how they worship, worship Allah in the Salah. Um, Jazakumullah khairan. And I'm going to now go, inshallah, and no one's going to ask me no questions on the way. Huh? Okay? Barakallahu feekh.